Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, the show where three rugby league tragics are talking everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shane. I am the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. We've got another episode of Carpool Rugby League. We've got uh, Shano, Griffo, and obviously myself, Graham, on Good board to be here for here, another gentlemen. episode. Good We've to see you. Hello, all everyone three on board. Hello, everyone. Great to, great to be on board today. Uh, again, uh, great week of rugby league we've just had. And coming up to what I think is probably one of my favorite rounds, which is Anzac round. Yeah, definitely a talk about with Anzac Round. We've got um, uh, we've we've had talk about you know jerseys in previous week. We've got some jerseys that we we've uh, seen unveiled during the week. This week we'll have a bit of a chat about those as well as the players in those jerseys. When we get to the team previews, fellas, um, I'll be really keen to see your insight yep. and um, analysis yeah. into some of the key changes, whether they be forced or those decisions are made. Um, there's plenty going on in the world of rugby league, and um, look, to be honest with you, we might as well just jump right in and uh, see what's happening because the bloke has always got his ear to the ground. He's got, um, well, he's got his his two ears to uh, myself and Griffo tonight, and his voice is for the listeners. And um, that Beautiful. man, of course, is Shano, and we're going to get ready for his tidbits. Yes, well, hello everyone and uh, welcome to Shano's Tidbits. Look, to start with, we're going to talk about uh, team news and selection. Um, it's, it's you know, we often hear of family feuds. I used to like the show. I used to like the show. But when a family gets together and then feuds against the club, well, that's what the Walkers appear to be doing with. Unhappy with... Uh, with uh, Sam's treatment regarding his uh, subsequent... Well, he's not exactly dropped. He's just not named in a halfback uh, this week. So effectively, probably is dropped. But anyway, uh, basically saying that their playing style this year has actually stifled him. Uh, he's been snookered uh, at every turn by the the coaching staff and the way things are going. It's fair to say their attack has been fairly lackluster. Um it's interesting that they've been publicly unhappy with him being dropped. Like, you know, as rugby league players and as fans, we've seen some pretty good players get dropped over the years and then come back after a couple of weeks and done some really good things. It's interesting that this is this has come to a head. I, I, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if this is an opportunity for um, the Roosters to maybe put Manu closer to the ball in the halves, um, Swatalihi in the centres, um, Tupu, another little tidbit, looking to break Mini's uh, record who took over from Mullins. Um, Mullins. Mullins, yes. Mullins, yeah, Mullins. that's right, Mullins. It's hard to believe, like, he was not, like, like I always think of Brett Mullins, the Canberra player. And, yeah, you, and I, you know, he was at the Roosters. And just to think of the impact he had when he went to the Roosters, that he was their highest try scorer and Mini overtook him. Because Mini yeah. seemed to have been there for centuries. Um, the cult, he'd know because he could count. Um, 
but yeah, he it's uh interesting that, that the family seems to have been it seems to be uh publicly coming out with their disapproval of what's happening. I think um you know, I, I, you'd think that that I wouldn't have imagined that happened too often. So anyway, um just, that's just it can for the I, tricolors. Can I Interestingly with the, yeah, sure. No, no, I just I'm not, before I'm, we go off on that. My name was, is Shane, but not Walker. Uh, yeah, Walker's off. Um, just just quickly before we move on yep. from that, I just want to get your thoughts because one thing um, I heard during the week and I thought, yeah, I don't know if it's a bit of a cop out. It'd be interesting to see what you guys think. Um, mm-hmm. One of the one of the suggestions was that um, Walker and Kiri played too similar of a game, and by bringing Manu in, mm. they want to have a bit more no, variety. I, I think someone who's less Graham, structured. Can I run the ball? Is that my... a bit of a cop out? Look, Graham, I, I was only having a chat to uh, a good mate of our show, Praveen. Uh, great Rooster fan. Rooster fan. Uh, even, when, even when we were watching it the other day, uh, when I was watching the Roosters game, their attack for weeks has been one-dimensional and something had to give. It was not never going to be Kiri. Um, the last, you know, last couple of weeks, I've sort of been saying they're not going to drop Kiri. They've got to drop one of them. It's going to be Walker. Oh, a part of me is not surprised by this. I actually thought the writing was on the cards. They have to shake things up a little bit. I, I thought, I thought last week their forwards did everything they could to get them into to to have a chance. I, I think the problem is is they lack a significant kicking game. They they can't build pressure like they used to. They're putting up bombs, hoping that their taller men will catch them. Um, that's that's negated by the fact that the opposition know exactly what's going on now and will put pressure on. I think someone like Manu will be a bit... He's going to be a bit more... It's funny. Walker sort of burst onto the onto the scene by being very ad-lib with his football play and they've sort of taught him to be the structured player. There's a small part of me that says they're putting Manu there this week to be a bit more ad-lib football player, sort of run on the fifth, do a few things. I... I mm. I think the problem is, Graham, from my perspective, they've got very small halves. Strong, but not that it's not as if one of them could take the line on, or that they're not running halves. They're more the sort of this kicking and maybe they are a bit the same, but but the Roosters attack, to be fair, has been fairly ordinary of late. Um I didn't think last week there was much to to write home about with their attacking performance. I know they've been, been poor in the last two weeks. So I mean, yeah, I I haven't. When teams are losing games, you know, yeah. coaches make changes. Uh, I I I thought it was coming. There's nothing surprising about this to me. I think they've actually anyway. the only team. I'm just looking here in the four column on the NRL ladder. Yeah. The only team that has scored less points than them is the Tigers. That's right. That's what we're saying. That's yeah. why. So, like, but that's, that's why. not something. I, like, I, I, I know. Like, yeah. I mean, call me ignorant, but I know that's saying. not something that I've necessarily. I, I know they haven't been at the Roosters level, but I wouldn't have Graham, put them. Do you at know the key thing for me? For do you know scored. the key thing for me? Where I thought, like, at the end of last week's game, Tedesco hasn't scored a try yet. He has not yeah. got a 23 try. 
And this is your attacking weapon. This is the guy that you're meant to put in the open space or can generate everything. I think, I think, yeah. Anyway, we'll probably talk more about it when we talk yeah. about team news and, and things. But yeah, um, definitely, definitely going to be a different Roosters outfit this week. Um, no, probably the right time to do it considering the opposition that they're going to play in the Dragons. Uh yeah, another another try colours tidbit this week. Um, Matt Lodge put his hand up and says that he's more than happy to share the slice of the pie. Um, whenever I read Matt Lodge and pie, I always always seem to get interested. But he's talking about Jared Maria Hargreaves sharing the sharing the love uh, monetary wise, and and saying he's happy to take a bit of the cut if it means keeping him at the try colours. Um, that's very interesting considering the oh, Sombrero. Spencer Lenny would go in there as well. Yeah. I know, yeah, well. I know. That's what I'm saying. Well, he must like pie as well. Which is silly because Spencer Lenny at Panthers, they've got Harry's Cafe de Wheels. No? What's better than a tiger after the game? Jeez. Anyway. Um, I don't know. The tigers about, during the games aren't much good. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's true. Mate, Harry, Harry's Tiger, that's one of the best. That's one of the best pie meals you could ever have. Uh, speaking about uh, sombreros and, and you know, uh, Jack White and, um, you know, there's a bit of talk around that he's just going to add one colour to his to his jersey next year. But we, but he's going to remove, he's going to be removed from the Blues. He's, he's put his hand up and says, I'm not going to play for the Blues this year. Um, interestingly, um, in... In what most are saying is a, is an omission that he will be leaving the Raiders, that he's going to actually uh, quit the Blues to concentrate on his football at his club to to maybe improve his worth in some way, shape or form. His manager was seen at South Sydney. So hence the just adding of one colour, um, which is quite interesting because really South Sydney there, I would, I would think South Sydney are a club that have bit on the on the edge salary cap wise, looking at who they've just re-signed. Um, uh, a lot of people say, so what? The manager was there. He's also the manager for Latrell and uh, Cody Walker. Well, the thing is, he doesn't really need to be there because those players have contracts. So you only go to training and talk to people if you're uh, working on behalf of your client's contract. And that seems to be what's happening. Um, I think his whole thing's a watch this space. I can tell you guys the hot tip Running hot tip is he will not be at Canberra. He will well, be than, anywhere but. Other than South, I think the other team prior to today um, that was in the running and sounds as though is going to offer more money is, are the Dolphins. Dolphins um, are throwing the bank at the moment. Uh, Cowboys also made a run. With the... um, I mean, I know... I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And Interestingly, both Queensland sides too. So, so in all honesty, I find it very interesting. Why I find this whole thing going to Redfern interesting, or not Redfern, the Centre of Excellence, Maroubra. Um, uh, I'm still going to say Redfern, I don't care. Uh, what, I, what I find very interesting is that two clubs who seem to be throwing a bit of cash his way are in Queensland, yet he's manager's gone to a Sydney club. Mm. That's um, that's that's interesting. Just, His wife's just, from Queensland, apparently. Yeah, yeah, she well, is. Okay. And that's why I, I honestly thought that. I thought the I did I thought the Dolphins would be uh, I honestly thought the Dolphins would be done deal by now. 
So yeah, it's it's interesting too because I mean, a lot of but, people are saying how is South going to fit him under um, the the numbers that were talked today from what I heard, Shane was three point six over four years, which is less than what the Dolphins are offering. I think they were more so in the fours over four years. That I know I know contracts don't work like this, but if we work that out, my maths is correct. Is that that's nine hundred a year? We're talking eight or nine hundred yeah. a year. Um, the only thing I can even think of entertaining this is even if they back end him, I mean, you'd have of that four years, Cody Walker and Damian Cook would be there two of those years. Do you see a club like South Sydney? I don't know what you guys think, fellas. I mean, is it realistic? You know, do they pay him half a million for two years and then one point? Oh, that's exactly what they do, Gray. That's exactly what they do. So, because so to say that it can't if anything happen, goes if anything goes awry, if anything goes awry medically, like let's face it, he's still going to be playing football. If anything goes awry medically, that's not a bad insurance policy. Well, South Sydney, uh, they're, 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 they're good at that. A, like, there's one thing that South Sydney can do. Like, you know, there's two things South can do. They can they can get knocked out a week before the grand final, and they can work out a medical retirement. Um. Yeah, they. Yeah. I, I, I think. So is that the one thing of those, with Whiten is Whiten apparently was said behind closed doors. Um, with his management, uh, the rumours were, I want to play for a club who has a significant shot at a title over the next three, over the next, over over the contract. Yeah. Out of the three teams that are put up at the moment, South. If South are one of those teams, will will they? They're basically, at this point in time, looking at the competition, they're 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 probably the front runner in that regard. Can't see them fitting him in, but you know, crazier things have happened. Um, but the other thing is too, he he did mention. I thought it was interesting, and before all this talk of signing news, guys, I I, I was having a bit of a chuckle to myself. I said, I'll wait until we bring this up on the podcast, where he said he wasn't going to play Origin to focus on winning a premiership. And my first thought was, that ain't going to happen at Canberra. So I think that that conversation that you had there, Shane, about improving your worth mm. to, to open up, I, I don't know. But but even still, like just, just before we move on too much as well, well Griffo, if, I was, I was going to say even just a quick comment, because we are probably overshadowing the fact that he is giving up rep football and he has been a very significant part of this New South Wales Blues squad. Um over recent years, and it's probably something that needs to be acknowledged, his contributions to the Blues. Yeah, yeah, he has. Um, he's... Look, he's a really good player. I think his, his best performance has probably been for Australia when he's been playing in the centres. Oh, he was really good at the World Cup. Uh, he played a good game last year for the Blues. He's had a number of good games over the years. He's also had some not so good games. Um, I think I don't know if it was Adelaide <laughs> or somewhere where I think it was Gagai just kept going past him, and, and we lost that game. Um, look, Jack Whiten's quality player. Uh, his worth is whatever anyone will pay him. Um, I don't think he's elite. I think he's a really good player, but uh, yeah, I don't. 
Canberra want I to love pay, you. I think one one point one million a year. Right, uh, he's worth he's worth that much to them. He's not worth that much to South. He's probably worth that much to the Dolphins. Mm. But, I love you, Griff. Because I thought what I was about to say was going to be controversial. <laughs> I no, I don't. I overhyped. Look, he's a really. I don't think. I don't think he's nine hundred thousand. I'm struggling to actually. I'm struggling to to cop that as a fan. Well, with like, I, I I I thought I didn't want to come out and say it, but I, I, I it's true. I if if you say to me, oh, he's going to get seven fifty. I'd go, okay, 754 years, where he's at in his career, what he's done. You know, he, you know what I mean? Like, I'd go, yeah, okay, that's pretty much on par with other $750,000 players. Put it in this 900, you're starting to get up into people okay. who, who revolutionise teams. Okay, so at the end of next year, 2024, so if South mm-hmm. were to sign on a player like Whiten, um, he'd be under contract, he'd have long-term contract, you have players such as Campbell Graham, um, Isaiah Tass, Isaac Thompson. These are all players who are in the first grade squad at the moment. Jai Arrow, uh, Keon Kalamatangi, uh, Shaq Mitchell, Peter Mamazoulos, Tavita Totola. Tom Burgess is a bit different because I couldn't imagine him playing on. But if it, that, those players I, I mentioned there with your, your Totolas, your Mamazoulos, your Kalamatangis, your dry arrows, your Campbell Grahams. If someone said, oh, we can't re-sign one of them because of Jack Whiten. Graham? I, I don't think if, it's I don't think it's if, worth South Sydney's interest, to be honest with you, in that case. If next week, if next week they said South Sydney signed Jack Whiten and an arrangement has been made for him to come to Redfin tomorrow, I go, okay, I get it. At the end of the year, at the end of next year, I don't get it. I'd, I'd seriously don't like anyway. Anyway, um, anyway. that's that's neither here nor there. He's going to be a centre. He will. Yeah. Yes, yes. If he goes to South, he'll be a centre. I think the agreement would be you play centre for two years and then you take over at six from Cody Walker. When Jack Whiten at that stage <sighs> at thirty-three, quite, we've got one of the we got South Sydney has one of the best up and coming five eights in in, in rugby league. Why would I want to stop him coming through for an aging Jack Whiten? Yep, that's but, what I thought the answer yeah, would be. Yeah. <laughs> look, you know, so, look, but, hey, mate, there are a lot of people who, who will I argue know, that Adam Reynolds should have stayed at South instead of Brooklyn Williams. I know. I, I, the other thing, too, Jack get, but coaching win, wise, win yes, comp. I agree with that. Playing wise. He won't be the difference. Team. No. Is he no. gonna? Is he gonna win no. your? No, of course he's not. I'd rather afford <laughs> in the next two years, to be honest with you. But anyway, I'd rather. But yeah, I'd rather I don't want to disrespect is... Jack White because he is a very, very. No, good he's player. very good player. No but he's not a great. Him, I'm saying. He's not a. He's not a bloke he's... who's going to come in and say, "Right, I've got the number six. I'm going to take this team to, to not... the top of the to the pinnacle." In my opinion, he'll like fit in at the Dolphins. Nico Hines. He'll do. He'll well fit there. in at the Dolphins. But this is this I is. I think the Dolphins. Thing. Yes, yes, they need yeah. a guy like him. Salsa got Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell in positions that potentially you pay that much money for. Mm. Uh, Jack, you don't pay that much money for a centre. And this is the contract that they're willing to give a thirty-year-old Jack White, and that they weren't willing to give a thirty-year-old Adam yeah, Reynolds. Yeah, it's not going to happen. 
I think it's pie in the sky, personally. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, back to South Sydney. Uh, Keon Colomitani, uh, for you oh. Supercoach fans, six to eight weeks, uh, four to six weeks, sorry, um, on the sidelines, uh, an injury. Another injury which seems to be scratching heads uh, out west in Penrith land is uh, Liam Martin and his hamstring. So he's out this week. He has not been named. Uh, that that's that seems to be proving a bit of a, a conundrum um, for 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 someone who Griffo. I'll get you to chime in here. I thought like I thought I think he's been playing some really good football. Liam Martin, yeah. When last he plays, week. he's great. When he plays, he's oh, great. Last week, I thought he was all right. Yeah, he, he wasn't on there for long, Shane. Um, he's hardly played this year. Like he, he didn't play. He didn't play the World Cup Challenge. No. Um, he might have played the first two rounds at most. He's been in last. Yeah, and the hamstring seems to have gotten again. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they haven't sent him to, to Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, get the guru. Get the, the guru, guru out there. Look, Liam Martin is he is he showed in the World Cup that he is amongst the best back rowers in rugby league, um, and and he's shown it in in semi final series. He's been he was very good for New South Wales last year. Um, he he is one of the premium second rowers, and uh, you know he's, Penrith miss him. Mm-hmm. Um, New South. Well, I'm hoping he's he's going to be okay for the Blues, but yeah, that's that's yeah, the other question I was going to we, ask. I think that's we a, didn't even talk about I that last week big, when we talked. No, I think massive I think, loss of his out, but it's I, concern. A, it's I concern. think you it's going to be very. I, I think he's in doubt. I've got to put it out well, there. Probably in doubt. And then yep. Kaloma Tungi, which could have been a possibility could to come been, into yep. the back row, would be out too. Yeah, so absolutely. Back out, black. The possible backups out too. Interestingly, mm. uh, Crichton's back, uh, Angus Crichton for the Roosters. Um, yes, this pretty quickly week. back into it. He played played reserve grade last week, straight back yep. in. Um, straight back into the side. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. But yeah, well, you know, we we've, we've talked about the Blues back rowers. You know, we, we've also always seemed to have plenty of back rowers to pick from, and we still do. Um, but. Keon Kalomatongi, he would have been uh, thereabouts. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly if, if Martin, and, and, and it is a sort of a mystery injury now because uh, they really don't know. Uh, like, physiologically, they were thinking it looked right. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know too much about that sort of stuff, but, but it's a bit of a mystery uh, injury as opposed to, okay, you've got a torn hamstring, you've got strain hamstring you've got x number of weeks it's just pain's not going away even though on a scan apparently it doesn't look like there's that much there so mm. yeah. and and look i think um be interesting to see how olikowatu plays over the next well, few absolutely. weeks i mean because i yes. think he he's yeah, someone he's... who really is putting his hand up for this spot i agree yeah, yep. so, it depends how Freddie wants to go because he's a completely different sort of player to, to the, the guys that had yeah. in there. Yeah, like you know, your your Cam Murray's, your your Martins, your, your Angus Crichton. These guys are they're they're hard workers. Um, yeah, uh, both with and without the ball. Olakuatu, look, he's a really good player, and and it's a point of difference. I, 
I, I would like to see him in the squad, no doubt, because um, he's a wrecking ball, and um, and we don't we haven't really had that style of player for the Blues for a little while because we've got these these just tremendous one hundred percent guys like your Cam Murrays and your Martins and, and your Crichtons mm. and so forth. I think the other player that particularly with with Keon, and he was right, I think, really on on thereabouts for selection. I think that brings into uh, play perhaps the young man from Canberra, Hudson Young, could uh, come into consideration. There's Sean Lane as well from Para, thereabouts. But I, I think Hudson Young might be. I think he'd be the sort of guy that Freddie would would lean towards because of you know he's just again one of these 100% work effort guys, <clears throat> not the biggest bloke, but but yeah, I mean even if. Uh, Keon and Liam Martin are both out. We're going to fill those spots with quality players. Yeah, I actually yeah. think I actually think with everyone fit, um, Olukwatu's in the team. I know that's oh, a big call, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think he'll be regardless of who's in and who's out. I'd actually, um, yeah, I, I I think they'll go obviously with Yo at number thirteen and. You know, if Martin's fit, he's there. Olakuatu, we know that Cameron Murray will be a part of the squad. That could be your back row rotation, and I wouldn't even be surprised if they use Murray in the middle a bit. I think he's... Anyway, it's a conversation for another day, but I think having him on an edge may not be... Um, no, I think H- Hudson... Middle, but yeah. Hudson, but yeah, um, he's probably the next one off the, off the the on the list, really. If Crichton... Um, isn't able to to get his, get himself there, then yeah, but yeah, lots of talent I, there. Lots I of think there. I think what you find is, and I'm I'm no I'm no picking expert, but Andy for me, Andy knows is um, we saw Matt Elliott on the TV do that last week. Yes, that's true. Um, you know, you'd have you'd have you have Yo in that lock. You have if Crichton sort of is playing good football and he's back to his best. I imagine you have Crichton and Murray, and these guys are talking about bench spots. But um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely up for grabs. Um, uh, Tom Olomo, JT. Uh, he looks like he's getting his knee surgery. Uh, interestingly, after the game. On Saturday, Triple M broke this news saying that they had strong mail that he was actually going to go in and it was at the point where they were just going to pull the pin and get it done. Um, everyone sort of, it took everyone by surprise. I, I I was listening to it on the Mid-North Coast and I thought, wow, you know, this was out of nowhere and now it's been confirmed. So he's going to be MIA for the Cowboys. That is big because the Cowboys have not had a lot to um they've not had a lot to talk about this year so far um there's a lot to be said did they overachieve last year i know the coaching staff's come out and said that the off season that they had last year is or pre the pre-season they had last year sorry is chalk and cheese to the one they had this year that they had a very prolonged pre-season where they got together early they they really did some um, they did some long hours together. Uh, that was hamstrung by World Cup people then making the finals. World Cup people having to take time off. Um, 
that they are they are languishing at the moment. They, the, it's 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 it really if it look last year most people had them coming stone cold motherless, and um and and they came back to surprise this year. Everyone's got them in their eight, possibly top four, <laughs> and it's it's a winless it's a winless West Tigers that's you know. Now, it's the West Tigers that are basically keeping them off the bottom at the moment. And not only that, their for and against is minus 32. It's, 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 not, it's not great all round for the, for the Cowboys. So um, they're going to be without, without a star meter eater who, who, who must be said look to be playing injured. Um, in regards to team news, we're going to talk about that when we, when we discuss the teams. Uh, for our people who love, love the idea of what the uh, Betfred Super League's doing, Warrington's on top, Wigan, Hull, Catalans, Salford, uh, Leeds, Huddersfield is struggling. St. Helens in at eight, and that's a big one at the moment, that St. Helens really are. They're, they're, four, and four. they're four mm. and four at the moment, and they, they really look like... Um, they look tired. I, I've watched a few of their games. Uh, they're looking a bit buggered at the moment, Old St. Helens. But in saying that, um, Warrington actually looked like they they couldn't be they couldn't be beaten, but they've they've now lost one. Um, my guys, the Giants, they're they're also four and four. But that for doers for sharing those tidbits, great. Lovely, lovely. Plenty there to keep our uh, eye on, and lots of news there. And we'll be interested to see what's happening. Um, next week and how much of that actually comes to fruition. Uh, oh, can I also... Possible. I missed one. Oh, far out. Oh, I knew... I, yep. oh, I missed one. Going into Golden Point, tidbits. Uh, going tidbits. <laughs> uh, Matic Avalu. Um, Torres Patel attended last year. Uh, he he looks to be... Uh, he looks to be on the mend and, and making a return, which is good to see. Very good. Um It'd be interesting to see how he will fit in, um, fit in, fit in there because uh, they're doing all right. You'll be fitting into the Jets mm. team. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's what I'm just saying. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult. He might, he might be staying in the Newtown colours for quite a while because, um, look, I know that injury is one thing, but um, yeah, it's going to be very hard to crack first grade. Oh, they're, they're looking good all of a sudden and obviously um you know we had a lot of talk last week about how good how good was nico hines yeah that's what i was gonna say we talked last week we 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 dissected the halves and this and that and the other um it's not really part of a segment but i'm going to come out and say it nico hines is getting to the point where if he keeps this form up he is playing too good every week not to get picked I, I think he's, he's got to be in the blue well, squad. He's, he's, he's the 14th man, surely. He's the 14th man, isn't he? Uh, I'm, 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 At this I'm point gonna... in time, like I know, I know on the radio, yeah. I know Triple M. I think I, I know think... Triple M and Triple M and, and ABC both asked the question: Would he replace Luai? I think nothing beats combinations. Combination that's, sort of win yeah, games. That's the only thing that are going to I do. think if this guy jumped in, at, if this guy was number 14 and 10 minutes from halftime he came on and he played this roving role, because the other the other thing you've got is, when you talk about the Blues, is you've got Damien Cook was picked for the first game 
and then and then uh and then and then was Appy dropped played, but Appy you know the I know like you look at where I, I know I know when Appy's around great players he does great things yeah but you know in isolation would you be picking Appy for the Blues on what on what you've seen so far it's 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 going to be a very interesting dynamic that that whole reserves bench because I yeah. think what you, you've got to, you've got to jump on you've got to jump on Nico Hines so he probably will take a bench spot you've got to have a couple you know you've got to have a couple of forwards in there at least if not three which probably means whoever, whoever whoever you pick for whoever you pick. If ever you pick as your as your as your hooker, is going to be playing eighty minutes. Could yeah, so, they could be because if you've got unless they, I mean, and to be yeah. fair, I think I think unless Damien they go with form, a, unless they go with a you know, Cook and Appy, but I don't know if they then will. Then you well, and then I think you got to pick Hines, and then you're stuck with two forwards, and you you really you sort of end you're up massively with short. With a Siafidi, a, yeah. a Paulo, and a well, whichever back row um, doesn't get in the starting well, lineup. So Siafidi comes back this week. He's back this week. We'll talk about that in team news, but I think yeah. he's back this week. So that's going to be interesting. And uh, Ponga as well. We've been talking about uh, Newcastle, but we'll get to that game soon. It's all happening. Yeah, plenty to look forward to. But before we look forward, we might as well look back at last week. And um, the most prestigious award... Uh, that's given week to week is obviously Griffo's grab. So it'll be interesting to see who won the grab this week. Griffo's grab! What caught your eye this week, mate? Oh, a lot of things caught my eye. Um, some magnificent individual performances. The likes of uh, Cody Walker, Nico Hines, Reese Walsh, uh, Nathan Cleary, um, with with what he did to win Penrith the game. But um, they're all big-name players. The guy who I'm going with this week is not a big-name player. Um, when I say his name, I sort of think of Formula One uh, or soccer. It's uh, from, I was going to say the Bulldogs, but he's not with them anymore. He's with the Warriors, has been for a few years. That's Marcello Montoya. <laughs> now, um, I was uh, I watched the game, you know, but I also uh, I watched back yes uh, maybe yesterday or the day before uh, the um, the mini, um, and what Montoya did, uh, he didn't score a try, but he set he set up a try like he got the ball just slightly on his own side of halfway. Um, he beat one, pushed off two, pushed off three, pushed off Drinkwater, the, I think was the last guy he pushed off, and got a nice inside ball to Ed Cosey, who, who scored a try. But, but I dare say that is the best piece of play from Marcello Montoya in, in his mm. NRL history. Um, it was sort of almost like we're watching Eric Growth or someone like that, a winger just palming off guys. Um, and this, yeah, this is Montoya playing in a Warriors side who are having their best season probably in a decade. Um, 
And uh, so, well done, Marcello Montoya. I think mm. he might have been a local, uh, it might, might have been, been uh, Patrician Brothers Blacktown boy at some stage. I don't know who his junior club was, but um, yeah, I mean, he's been, well, I won't say it was a journey, but I think he's only been to a couple of clubs, but mm. not ever thought of, I guess, really as one of the elite. Um, and as I said, I mentioned some names earlier of, of you know, elite NRL talent who were outstanding. Sean Johnson as well, another one mm. uh, last weekend. Uh, but uh, this guy, I think his his effort in, in setting up that try was as, as good as anything I saw. The Warriors are a team that we probably should, you know, give a bit more airtime on here because I, I feel like there's, there's something in the back of everyone's mind. You're just waiting for them to fall over. But they've, they've been playing some good football and they're winning a lot of games that we're not tipping them in. Um, and, and as you said, um, Marcelo Montoya Jr., uh, one of the... Uh, Junior. One of the key players there, yeah. Just when you think it couldn't be more <laughs> any more uh, international motor racing than that, but he was um, a former student of Patrician Brothers Fairfield. Um, Fairfield, from memory, yeah. yeah. So from yeah, memory, so um, moved to Campbelltown at the age of three. Um, born in Fiji, um, father from Chile, mother from Fiji, and yeah. So, but yeah, he's he, he, as you said, he's been to. He obviously played at the Bulldogs, and then I think it would have been last year at the Warriors, played some games for Fiji. 27 years of age, uh, so still um, a few Ks left in the legs, but um, really good to see players like him linking up with the likes of Sean Johnson, because when Sean Johnson's in form, um, he's up there also too in the conversation of uh, some of the most influential players in the league. Oh, 100%. I think when you look at at the um, Warriors... What what they're doing differently, and I know they're holding. No, I think what they're doing differently is they're holding the ball, but their meters compared to last year just seems to be far better. They've got players like it, it was. It was really two or three forwards to get over a hundred meters. Where um, Nickel Clock stayed, you know, almost ran for two hundred. He ran for. He's been a great hit for them. He, he hasn't. He hasn't. He. He's been fantastic. Unwanted um, camera. Yeah, Montoya. Um, one thirty six. You had DWZ one fifty six. Uh, Aiden Fanuel Blake was one forty one. Um, it's it's just it just seems to be that they they can just get they they're just getting the simple things right. The the meters that 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 that, that wasn't coming before. Torhu Harris. Um, he got um he got a hundred and twelve meters. You know, yeah. and and they're getting good value out of their um out of their interchange as well. Um, they're tackling better. They seem to be doing the little things, and that's not taken away from any other Fords. You know, uh, Curran and Ford they were in the seventies. Um, uh, Pompey was at ninety four, and uh, Cosi was at uh, ninety five. So it's not, and they're all making tackles too. They just look like a bit of a. They look a bit more polished. This this Warriors side. Um, I think the change in coaching and the coaching structures, it's actually done them a bit of good. So it's going to be interesting to see just how the longevity of this. But I, I agree with you. I think Nickel Clockstad, who was on the outer at Canberra. And I don't understand has, why. Has been an absolute I... breath of fresh air. Mm. I'm just saying, when he hurt his finger last year, it 
it felt like the excuse they needed. You know what I mean? There's like more than just on yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right, Graham. It, it was bizarre. Yeah, it was the, just strange. The trick just like crucial to them the making the grand final a few yeah. years. Oh, a hundred percent, he yeah. was. I think he's a very good player, and 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 he's very solid all weeks and and. And yeah, well, solid most weeks and very good all week. So, yeah, I I think the the Warriors the Warriors are playing football. I I picked the Warriors last week because I just thought that I could see them. You didn't listen to us, Shano. That was no, no, no we, <laughs> we all right. We're waiting for the we were waiting for the Cowboys to come good. Yeah, and no, I picked the Warriors. I just thought to myself, I dare you to pick them this week. Wait and see. <laughs> uh, no, but they are they are going well. And one other thing, um, another player I wanted to mention, and and you mentioned it there, Griffo, as a possible Griffo's grab um, contender. I want to talk Reese Walsh just very quickly, and I'm gonna ask you guys a question on the spot. And I know you guys hate this because you don't have time to think about it, and it's being recorded, and people throw it in your face. It's good, given. No, I'm not even going to say given the, the issues with Ponga and concussion. That Queensland team. Now, th- please don't answer with, I don't care, stuff them. Let's, let's hypothetically pretend that we're selectors for Queensland. Sure. Is Reese Walsh in your Queensland side? If they yes. were playing next week, yes. Yes. And is he number one? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. So, is it at the point now where Reese Walsh. Look, we know that that's Kalen Ponga's jersey if he's fit, so on and so forth. Are we now heading into this great period just before Origin where we've got a shootout between Walsh and Ponga for the fullback spot? Or do you guys get that feeling that if Ponga's fit and in contention for selection, that they'll pick him? No, I would want Ponga, if I was a Queensland selector, I'd want Ponga to absolutely fire from here on in for, for Newcastle. Newcastle have been put things away. Then make no bones about it. They are they are not at times a great football side. Yet for some reason at times they're there or thereabouts. And you know, they showed that last week against Penrith. Mm. I would want them to start because I'd want I'd I'd want to see him absolutely take the bull by the horns and, and, and run with it at, at, for the next few weeks for Newcastle. So everything but the kitchen sink, because that's what Reese Walsh is doing. It's not necessarily that the players around him are being brilliant. He's throwing everything but, at the, but the kitchen sink at things, and it's working for him. And that's and that's the difference. You got a guy who, when nothing's going on, he's making something. There is nothing wrong. Sorry, there's nothing that's stopping Ponga doing that at Newcastle either. And I think that's what I'd want to see out of him over the next couple of weeks at Newcastle is to say, okay, we may not win the matches, but hey, you're got, you, we, we should be there or thereabouts and throwing everything but the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you know yeah. what? Yeah. No, I was face. just going to say, like, the, the first game is just over a month away. You know, selection would be in like four weeks approximately. Yeah. Um, I think 
as I said, if if the game was next week, you'd be picking. I'd be picking Reese Walsh. I've got to see how Ponga comes back. Like obviously, if he proves his fitness and he's playing half decent, they're going to pick Caleb Ponga based on his history of of excellence, wearing a maroon jersey. So, um, and and he, the last time the two teams played, he was. I don't know if he was the man of the match, but he should have been. Um, he was outstanding. So they're not going to have forgotten that. But but yeah. he does have to does have to prove his fitness. Um, and then there are these ongoing question marks, obviously about you know he, he's these head knocks that he's had. Um, that's the only reason why they wouldn't pick him. Uh, um, Walsh has been, he couldn't have done any more. So if Ponga doesn't prove he's up to it physically, then Walsh comes in. Otherwise, it's Ponga. Mm, the other and interesting thing is for the Knights, he's going to play 5 8. That's, it is interesting, yeah. Shane. That is yeah. be 5 8. He's going to be played 5 8. So that's, yeah. it's, it's going to be, that's the other sort of computation for the, for Queensland is that, is that okay? Do we do we do we pull do we pull this guy who's playing brilliant as fullback out to to replace him with a five eight? Yeah, I mean, and I know I know teams have done this in the past with centers and yeah. fullbacks and whatnot. I think it's a bit different. Caelan Pong is going to have to show his wares in a very different way to get that jersey off his Walsh, in my opinion. And Newcastle fans are saying good, like they want to see it. And I know that oh. Caelan Ponga isn't going out each week to say, I want to get picked for the Queensland team. I mean, it would be in the back of his mind, but I think he's trying to do what he can for, for Newcastle and, and selection's a byproduct. The other thing I want the listeners just to be aware of, because some people might be thinking, oh, isn't there room for both of them? This, this in effect, Queensland are in a position where it's either Walsh or Ponga. Um, the yeah. conversation we had before about Nico Hines and, you know, possibly being on a bench and that. The the gonna... number 14 on the bench for Queensland is pretty much set. It's either going to be Hunt or Grant. Whichever one doesn't play nine is 14. And then you're going to have three more forwards. So unless they want to pull a Swifty and pull... in at 5-8. Yeah, Munster and, Munster and um, DCE pick themselves as the halves. Unless you want to do a bit of a swifty and throw Walsh on the bench at the expense of, say, a Selwyn Cobbo or Tulangi, who I'd imagine would be the the wingers, um, then, yeah, one of those players will miss out. But um, it's, it's hard to believe at this stage when you watch the footy on the weekend. I know watching Brisbane the other night, I was thinking, geez, Reese Walsh, he's just too good not to be in that squad. And you know, um, do you know the other thing which actually, um, which actually throws the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit grey is... Is this is Queensland? Uh, I'm not going to name them all, but because you know, typical Queensland, they seem to do not. Their their long line of centres are all playing really good football. It's not as if you could chuck. It's not as if you could chuck a centre. You know, like pull someone out of the centres and go. I will chuck mm-hmm. them in there because they're actually playing really good for their club as well. And also, too, going off who's done in the past, I'd imagine. I don't know if I'm off track here. Off the top of my head, I'd imagine Holmes and Gagai would play centre. And, and and how do you not pick them? Now, I know Cowboys haven't been firing, but 
you know, he's been yeah, playing pretty good in the poor side. He'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, who knows? Look, it could be one of those things where... Can I talk about this week, Gray? I know we'll we got talk about this week. Actually, I've got, got one. I've got one. you got a gaff? I do. I've got one this week. Um, I do. Alright, so this one's actually, you know, I've been a bit sheepish with the gaff, as you guys know. I don't like putting in the gaff when someone stuffs up. Like, I'm not going to, I mean, with the amount of simbins we've had, I don't want to say, oh, you know, so-and-so did a high tackle, it's a gaff. They happen every week, that's not much fun. I'm going for the different, I'm going for the um, unusual, I'm going for something we don't see very often, and I saw it the other night during the uh, Titans game, they were playing the Broncos. And it was a bit bizarre when I was watching it. I think it was Carl Pereira that uh, was the gap winner this week. Uh, he retrieved the ball and he went to ground. And it seemed a bit odd. He, he just sort of went to ground and he wasn't grounded. He got up and played the ball without being grounded. I saw that, yeah. And, <laughs> and the, the, the on-field decision was a knock-on. And the knock-on was him placing the ball down to play the ball, ball the because ground. he hadn't been tackled. And I thought, oh, geez, what's going on here? Because it seemed a bit odd. What, what, what caught my eye as odd was when he got up to play the ball, Adam Reynolds actually grabbed him and went to pull him down. And I thought, geez, mate, that's a bit stiff. But he actually was never tackled. And all Adam Reynolds was trying to do was initiate the tackle. They actually used their challenge on it. And their challenge was um, unsuccessful. And the bunker deemed that uh, there was no tackle made and that uh, the knock-on occurred as a result of playing the ball. Uh, now, congratulations, obviously, to Khan Pereira for winning the gaff. But without going too in-depth in the conversation, I want you guys to help me out because what it made me think of is a rule that we don't see anymore. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's been scrapped, but I don't know if everyone was aware when it got scrapped, if it got scrapped. And that rule is a voluntary tackle. Because in yeah, effect, yeah. remember the old voluntary tackle where Carrera did, yeah, he went down it's without being touched. All... That used to be a penalty. Because players still I'll... call voluntary tackle and look at the referee, yeah. and the referees looking at him and just say, that's not a rule anymore. I'm assuming somewhere along the way in the last 15 or 20 years it's gotten scrapped, but what? I, I'm not sure if I'm, I, I'm not sure of the history there, I'll be honest with you. I haven't looked into that. What they've actually said is is that a player can a player can put themselves into a position where they can opt to and, and it's funny, I don't know the exact wording in the in the in the uh, rule book, but it's not voluntary, where they can opt to be tackled. Well they can surrender. Sorry, they can surrender a tackle if it's deemed in the best interest of the team. And 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 of course their 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 health and whatnot. What's interesting is is they've said okay, basically, if I if I'm running now, that can only happen in areas where that's if I'm running on halfway, and I don't want to get tackled by someone and I trip. This is what they're trying to say: is there's no such thing as a voluntary tackle. Most people fall over or trip and whatnot. So what they've or said is okay. Someone, into field of yeah, play, if someone, like that, yeah, yeah, they, 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 you know. So, so the idea of the voluntary tackle is basically redundant because no one wants mm. to voluntary tackle themselves no. where it matters. So what they've said is is that basically, 
you have to stay on the ground until you're deemed held by the uh, by the match official, the referee. So when you're deemed held by the referee, you can then get up and play the ball. You will see the referee will call surrender. So they can actually lay on them a bit longer. If you actually get up before then and play the ball, it's it's deemed a knock-on. Um, uh, there was one... There was, there was, when this rule came into effect, and I'm just trying to think of the year, and I, it escapes me now. There are a couple of penalties because players would get up early and play the ball, and they were actually given a penalty against them for an infringement of the play the ball. So they were basically, and people thought this is just too rough because if there's a, a large crowd and you can't hear that, it's so what they've done is, is they've drawn a line in the sand and said, if you, play the ball without being held, it's deemed a knock-on as you put the ball on the ground. Because there was actually for a while there, if you played the ball without being, not invited by the referee, but without the referee calling you held, it's actually a penalty to the opposition. Um, it used to be quite I common. think it was a short-arm penalty from memory. Oh, but no, the... it was a long-arm penalty. Uh, like, I, I used oh. to I used to see it, you know, going back a while, yeah. Subot. When you'd often see this happen was was when a team was in front, um, and the the hooter goes, yeah. and yeah, the guy would just go down. Hit the um, oh know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it'd be penalised, and and potentially uh, changing the result of the game if you know if the uh, the team receiving the penalty were you know if they scored a try or whatever. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen it for, for years, so uh, I don't know whether it's been uh, erased from no. the rule book or not. But been erased there's a lot of things in the rule book that just don't enforce. They're, they're ignored. Um, I'd, I'd be interested if yeah. someone. I'd be interested to have a look at the rule book to see if we can find it, see if the voluntary tackle's still in there. Because remember, I mean, I'm, we're going on a bit of a tangent here, but it was a big hullabaloo. Remember, there was a big thing, and everyone's, you know, someone hit the deck, and it's a voluntary tackle, and it was the it was yeah. the thing that was getting cracked down on. I mean, I could be going back about twenty years here, but I do remember it being the thing that was being cracked down. But um, look, we love a good voluntary tackle these days. Now, now they the just gap. act it. Now they act it. You know, I've tripped over. Oh, look at me. But yeah. in actual fact, the rule still states that if you fall over and you you actually have an obligation to get up and continue the play. Yeah. yeah. But that's anyway. never going to get improved. Right. Anyway. anyway. Good gaff. Good luck. It was a good gaff. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought, oh, we got, we, yeah. you know, to, to quote the Ghostbusters movie, I was watching the game and I yelled out at the TV, we got one. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, but um, look, as, as we said, there's, uh, there's plenty to look forward to this week, Shano. So, um. We might as well just cut straight to the chase. I think we should just get straight into our preview for this week and uh, yep. look in depth at uh, what's happening on the field. All right, there's the whistle and kickoff for this week's preview. And I'll tell you what, fellas, geez. They start big, don't they? Uh, Thursday night, uh, first game of the weekend, we've got the Rabbitohs hosting the Panthers. Now, the other thing we've got to mention this week, guys, um, it is Anzac round. Um, Anzac day coming up. Um, this week, and uh, to keep in mind that the the round this week is going to be extended right through to Tuesday, so don't um 
don't forget that what we're previewing now, guys, we're starting on Thursday and we're going right through to Tuesday uh, with our traditional Anzac clashes. But um, the other thing I want to remind people when they're watching this game on Thursday night between the Rabbitohs and Panthers at a core stadium mm. is if you're a Panthers fan, um, be careful don't not to cheer for the team wearing black and uh and, and would you say it was a, it's a black and a grey or it's a dark grey and a lighter grey strip that the Rabbitohs will be wearing this week yeah. uh, as their Anzac jersey? So uh, don't be confused, Panthers fans. Uh, I'd imagine you'd be in one of your alternate strips. Um, they're wearing pink, I think. I'd imagine they, yeah. Because yeah, that's been pretty much the uh, yeah. the alternate strip, hasn't it? The pink one, the pink uh, one. Well, 2023, one. their 2023 Anzac jersey is pink. Oh, okay. yeah, this, It's yeah. like the camo pink. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. I it's actually have pink. not. I, I, I'm. Yeah, no, the 2023 jersey is actually pink. Uh, yeah, it's like a camo-y pink thing. Lovely. But interestingly, on South, um, they actually did get um, designed by Russell Crowe, funnily enough, and uh, in conjunction with, um, in conjunction with uh, naval navy, I think admiral. Yeah. I can't remember his name now. Uh, he was a submariner, so they yep. sort of um, they're paying homage to submariners this year. Yeah, and, and that's and why it's like the hoops. The colours are that inspired color. by the the submarine. Yeah. Um, massive yeah. loss for South, as we said earlier. Kaloa Matangi out. Um, so Cheekham's going to come back not only into the 17, but straight into the um, starting lineup. He'll start in the second row. Um, Isaac Thompson back for the Rabbitohs, though. Uh, no, he's out, was... Graham. Oh, has it just been updated? Yeah, he's out. Martin mm-hmm. Milne. Doing there, the number 18. Yep. Okay. I was almost just yeah. going to say that. Um, yeah. Okay. So Milne played there last week. So they'll have that same back line as last week. Yeah. So we're recording this uh, about 23 and a half hours before the game. And yeah, I've just hit refresh. Thanks for the tip there, um, Griffo. So Tane Milne will be on the wing. Uh, Isaac Thompson, obviously. And I think they actually named him last week. And then. Um, mm-hmm. Might have done the hokey pokey. So uh, other than that, um, South Sydney um, fairly settled. I actually think it's very interesting um, when you look at the updated team they're listed. Uh, the reserves. Karapani is kept in the uh, reserves yeah. squad. Yeah, I, I find that very interesting too, mm. Gray. Outside, young, up-and-coming outside back with a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, the other in, uh, info, obviously, for this game where it comes to the teams, um, we talked about Liam Martin as well. Um, he is out for the Panthers. Uh, he's obviously had that hamstring injury that's been ongoing. Scott Sorensen will be in the starting side. Uh, Lindsay Smith called onto the bench. Luke Gardner, 18th man. Um, probably Griffo a bit more qualified to um, comment on that, whether or not that's a watch this space uh, and whether or not he might be able to, to push into the side. But um, this uh, is I, a massive... I don't think so. I, Lindsay Smith did the job for a few weeks uh, when uh, Liam Martin was out. Um, yeah, I, I'd be very surprised if, if there's a change. Yeah, I think Lindsay Smith yeah. will take his place. And quite a talented and, and, and set yeah, he's a good player. to change bench player. there. Yeah, so they've got some depth there too, don't they? So um, Panthers last week coming off that Golden Point win. They only just got home. Um, The last time these two teams played at 
a core stadium would have been uh, in the finals last year to get into the grand final. We know that the Panthers were victorious over the Rabbitohs earlier on um, this year. Uh, the Panthers actually have a really good record in recent times against the Rabbitohs. Uh, just looking at stats here, fellas, it doesn't... <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's they have played a lot of games, I think, because they've met in finals over recent years, but Panthers have won 10 of their last 11 games against the Rabbitohs. I'm thinking that the final a couple of years ago where the Panthers won the comp and they met in round one might have been that Rabbitohs win there. Um, it was, yeah, up in Queensland. Stephen Crichton, seven tries in his past eight games against the Rabbitohs. Um, Latrell Mitchell could possibly get a 1,000 career NRL points this week. He needs only nine to reach that milestone. Rabbitohs playing their 200th game at a core stadium this week. But uh, keeping that in mind, Griffo, the Rabbitohs have not defeated the Panthers at a core stadium, which is the stadium at Homebush for those not keeping up with the current sponsorship, since 2017. Um, want to get your thoughts because even Coach Cleary has said that um, you know, he didn't want to disrespect the Knights, but he, he effectively said, look, we played out one of our worst games in recent times and we still got the win. Um, what are your thoughts coming up against South Sydney this week? Always a big clash. Oh, it's a huge clash. Um, it's quite a rivalry now uh, because they play so many games against each other um, and it's always a big game um, they've already played each other you know they played each other early in the piece uh, maybe round two, two. Um, it was in points narrow win to Penrith but they were pretty dominant South mm. got a couple of late tries um, I, I'm going to tip Penrith but, but it can go either way. This is like a 50-50 game. Um, Souths have plenty of incentive. You know, obviously, they know that, that Penrith's had their number for some time. But most of those games have been pretty close. Um, and in most of those games, or a number of those games, Luttrell hasn't been at his best. I think he's the key for South Sydney. Um Penrith have been able to find him out of position and score tries. Um, they've been able to get onto the skin of Cody Walker, even though Walker scored some amazing solo tries in some of the defeats, including the grand final. Um, once he sort of loses his composure, um, it has a big impact on, on South Sydney. Um he was very composed last week, Cody, and, and the team won, and they won well. Uh, interesting, Graham, you brought up Ivan Cleary's comment that made headlines. Um, again, it was clickbait, because in the next sentence, after he said Penrith weren't at their best, and they weren't, they played their worst game, um, you know, apart from origin affected games or where they let you know a lot of players they rested players that was their worst performance in a few years last mm. week against Newcastle particularly in the first half but I even clearly went on to say in the next sentence that you know a lot of that was due to the the strong performance of the Knights 
you know, it was just, again, it was a clickbait headline. Um, and again, the morons on social media get on there and, and bag. And they just don't. They just, I, I don't understand how people can be so gullible and pretty much stupid. Where um, would you rate that performance? If you look at the Panthers and we say they're the they're best team last the week in the three first, years, first would that half. be would that be one of their worst performances in that oh, three without year doubt. run? Yeah, without, they were awful. Um, yeah. but they won the game. At the end of the day, they got the two points, and 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 they're the sort of games you know you do look back on, and and it, it determines where you finish. Whether you you know maybe it's a difference between. Fourth and fifth, for example, that you know you you pulled out two points where really you didn't deserve it, and you weren't the better team. Newcastle scored three tries to two. Hmm. Um, Lockie Miller, really good player that he is, maybe he's, he's, he's maybe the best goal kicker they've got, but he's not very good at goal kicking. Um, and and you know we know what happened in in uh, Golden Point. Um. While Penrith were pretty poor for most of the game, they played the perfect golden point situation where they just had each runner making over 10 metres. Yeah. And they clearly got a kick from just inside the 40 metre line, maybe 35 metres out, and it nailed it. And and um, no right to reply. Newcastle did not get the ball in, in that golden point period. Um, because Penrith played the perfect golden point situation where five runners made over 10 metres each, get your kicker into position, and he nails it. Mm. Um, back to that's this good, game. That's just good yeah, point. Go I know we won't, yeah, I just want to quickly touch on that because I think a lot of listeners, are, and I know we said off air, oh, we're not going to give a lot of time to some of this stuff that we've been calling clickbait through the week. But I think those people who are talking about um, uh, changing the rules of Golden Point so that they're more similar to the NFL rules where uh, if you kick a field goal, the other team mm. gets a chance to score. I think what people need to also take into consideration there was the fact that a lot of the time in Golden Point, teams will choose to kick off to try and pin the opposition in their own half so that when they receive the ball, they're in a good position to work up for a field goal. Penrith, um, many would argue, earned the opportunity to win that game early, like as you said, Griffo, because they made over sixty meters in in five tackles. Yeah. And uh, can I say this? The, position to kick. the only way I'd actually support a right of reply in regard to, uh, the, for example, the play, is if there's no toss at Golden Point. It goes back to the original kickoff. So it goes oh. back to the original kickoff. The first person who kicks off, kicks off. If they score that play, then you have a right of apply. Because there's a toss, That's you have you instantly have advantage to choose what you want to do. So an, if you're going to have idea. a right of apply, you can't have a toss. I've got an idea, and that's the thing too, because a lot of people, I mean, I, I want to get away from people necessarily saying, not necessarily this game, but in some games it could come down to the toss of the coin. This game came down to Penrith. Having an ab- having the perfect set and being the only team on the field that could do that, the toss is the other thing. It it comes down to sometimes a flip of the coin whether you have an opportunity to score or not. Now, because of the toss, 
and so on and so forth. People are saying Newcastle didn't get that opportunity. I've even got another one for you, and it's a bit convoluted, but I think you'll see the merit in it. The mm. Rather than winning a toss, so say, for example, Newcastle were ahead 15-14 um, or whatever, right? Penrith then scored the last points to send it into Golden Point, right? So the team, I don't know how to word this correctly, but it's basically not the team that scored last, the other team, okay? They get to choose whether they kick off or not because they were actually the last team to lead in the game. The last team to lead in the game gets the opportunity. They've effectively won the toss. I'm even happy for that because then there's an advantage to a team that was ahead, so on and so forth. Look, 20 years of Golden Point, um, there's been issues along the way. There's games here, there, and everywhere that bring it up. I mean, we've even talked in the past, I think even the early days in the car, shame we were talking about uh, the fact Golden that... Yeah, that that a uh, penalty try. goal, like, penalty goal or field goal doesn't end golden point. The only thing that's golden is the I would try. Love and if there's to a field goal, try. Or, I would love to see a yeah. golden try. I know, I know, we're pretty much embedded in the whole golden point system now. Mm. I just think that, I just think that, you know, a lot of people. I, my argument always was. The minority or, or the smallest element of our point structure instantly wins you a game. People go, oh, yeah, but what if you kick a field goal, you know, field goal with a second to go? That still wins you the game. Yeah, but I'm yet to see a 1-0 scoreline. Tries make up the bulk of our scoring ability on the field. I've, I, you can show me any game since Eric Sims was playing and tries make up the bulk of what happens. We're in the entertainment I, that's business. Why I think, yeah, yeah that's, that's why we play Golden Point. We don't play true. Golden Point because of the ladder and to find out who's best. Nah, it's because nah, we're in the entertainment, entertainment business. Yeah. So what people need to understand, and I know we're on a massive tangent here, and I'll go back to you, Griffo, in a moment for your tip. But what <laughs> we need to look, and, and this is where a lot of people say, Graham, you keep bringing up the NFL. And the NFL should be a model as an entertainment medium for the NRL because when it comes to, um, you know, uh, how, how would I describe it? I'm, I'm talking about variants of rugby. Um, the NFL is the, the biggest on the planet. Uh, their structure in regards to extra time, if you kick a field goal, the other team gets right of reply. They get another possession to see if they can score. Um, they've even changed their uh, finals overtime rules in the past year or two where even if you score a touchdown in finals now the other team gets the right of reply um look in effect i i think what i think what will eliminate the right of reply rule in rugby league is the entertainment of a big play winning a game and what i mean is is um and I'm not ta- talking about helium Lukey here. I'm talking about the deflation of the balloon. So, in effect, Nathan Cleary kicks that field goal the other night. They win the game. They're ecstatic. The fans are cheering. It's it's a big deal. You're telling That's me. That's not. You're telling me there's not bigger. There's no big. There's not a bigger. There's not a big entertainment factor that the Newcastle Knights get one set of six to win. I think that the Newcastle. I'll be honest with you. The Newcastle Knights. And realistically, let's look. Sets. Let's look realistically at what possibly would have happened. 
Penrith kicked off down to the Newcastle Knights. They throw the ball around for a set. Um, they, I don't know, they put a kick in, a chip and chase, a ball goes to ground because they're throwing it around, and that's how the game ends. I think the NRL like the entertainment value of the game being ended on a point-scoring play. Anyway. Look, nothing that's happened in the last 20 years has made them change it, so it's not going to change. No, and do you know what? Golden Point's one of those things where if your team wins, you love it. If your team loses, it needs to be overhauled. So next week, if the Knights win in Golden Point, I mean, we're talking about a team that's had a draw and a loss in Golden Point. Uh, they're going to, they, they might argue that, whatever. Anyway, um, so who's yeah. going to win this one? This game, back to this game, as you said about five minutes ago, Griffo. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I've got a tip, Penrith. Um, as I said, I, I think it's a 50-50. They're, they're two of the elite sides in the NRL. Um, Penrith were, were way down on, on form last week. Um, I do expect they're going to improve. South Sydney um, in the last two weeks have had big wins. And correct me if I'm wrong, but both the last two weeks, their opposition went down to 12 players at some stage. Um, yep. Certainly, they did against the Bulldogs, and and they they carved them. Both this, both games was when South actually scored most of their yeah. points and kicked on and turned the game was in against twelve. This men. is this is a team mm. that when they start going forward uh, and get on a roll, that there is there is uh, a difficult to stop as anyone. In fact, probably. The most difficult team to stop when they when they get on a roll, and um, and and uh, we we we've seen it in a couple of weeks. Teams go down to twelve, and I know last week they scored three tries when the Bulldogs uh, were, were down to twelve men. Um, oh, hang on, not maybe not the Bulldogs last week. Um, Dolphins. Dolphins. It was the Bulldogs the week before, yeah. I think. Um, was, last yeah. week the Bulldogs played Para, and I. Th- yeah, that. Um, but look, I've got great respect for, for for South Sydney as a rugby league team. Um, they're probably due for a win against Penrith. Um, but I am going to stick with with the Panthers. Shame. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's very interesting. Like I, I I look at this I look at this game and I think of what. Um, you know, I'm a bit like you, Griff, what you just said. You know, it gets to a point where where um, South Sydney sort of, they're at the point where maybe they, they're they due for a win against Penrith. I'm not too sure. Um, Penrith are a very good football side. Um, I'm just going to just entertain my thoughts here on Karapani. I just want to give the listeners a bit of a history on, on what he's done the last couple of weeks. He... He played back in Jersey Flag last week. He scored a double. He's been playing uh, New South Wales Cup before that. He scored two tries in New South Wales Cup. He's 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 been he's been playing some very very good football. Um, and and it's interesting that he you know still a flag eligible player, um, getting his name on the reserves. He he's someone who's ready to set the world alight and. Um, what position does he play, Shane? I know center. nothing about this guy. Center. center. He's a center. Um, he's a center. So he's someone who 
very interestingly, he's, his name's Bear. He's no other position but a centre. You couldn't probably... At first grade, you've got to wonder, um, you know... You might play on the wing if they want to... Yeah, but, but, but with Tane Milne there, I, I would think that... I would think that... Um, we catch? <laughs> well, we know they're not... We know they're not 100%... No, word out of South is they're not 100% sold on TAS being in that position. he I thought he played probably one of his best games uh, of his career last week. I thought he, he zigged when he should have zigged and zagged when he should have zagged. So so he did all right. Look, for me this week, I think the key the key matchups are Dylan Edwards, Latrell Mitchell. Um, that's something that's going to be very interesting to watch. Mitchell, since the, um, since the Storm game, has started to inject himself a bit more. I, I think... Luai, Cleary, you won't see them play like they did last week. They're going to be a, a lot more. They're going to be uh, a lot a lot sharper than what they have been. I think with Penrith, I think Penrith are trying to do different things in different situations. They, they, they don't want to be that book that's easy to read. Um, so I think of what we love, what we're seeing at Penrith this year, look, there's a bit of criticism getting thrown their way. I, I think it's unwarranted. I think... I think what they've actually done is they've tried to they've tried some new things, they've tried some new systems, they've tried some new processes, and and I think they're working on a new brand of play because they don't want to be they don't want to be predictable. And and in doing so, at the moment they're second on the ladder. I, I think that's um you know, I think that's that's a testament to just how great they are. I, I find it I'm gonna be tipping South Sydney, you know that. But I find it very difficult to see exactly where on this field South Sydney's going to win. For me, it's going to be Latrell Mitchell um, getting that early ball out the back, doing what he's done the last few weeks. I think Damien Cook has actually found some form. He he hasn't played this well in a couple of years. I think that's a good thing for South Sydney at the moment. Jai Arrow back. He's going to be a bookend, not not. That's the best place for him in this side. Um, with Jacob Host, who's been playing well on the edge. Cameron Murray's been brilliant as always. But again, he's coming up against a guy called Isaiah Yo, who's also very good. Um, in actual fact, he's exceptional. The two guys for me in the interchange, um, Sele and Moali, I think they're going to play a very pivotal role for South Sydney. But then again, when you look at Luke, Smith, Lenu and Salmon, for the uh, Penrith Panthers, for South Sydney to win, they're going to have to hold the ball. They're going to have to make sure they complete their tackles and they're going to have to make sure that the game doesn't get away from them. And most of all, that emotions don't get away from people like Cody Walker. That's the only way South Sydney are going to control this football game, Greg. Yeah, that kind of... I'm reading between the lines there. It's almost like a... Heart, Rabbitohs, Head, Panthers kind of thing. Is oh, it, one of those... it is. You know, and I, I just look at the side, Gray, and, and, you know, even I look at Blake Taft, who's number 19 for this week, and, you know, that's his, that's his lot in life. Blake Taft last week in a losing side, he ran for something like 119 metres, made in the teens in tackles, you know, was goal kicking. I, I, I really think that, I think our worth was a bit inflated over the last two weeks that we that, that South Sydney played the dogs. 
Uh, they put 50 on them, as they should have, because the dogs had basically, well, they were almost dipping into anywhere to get players. Uh, last week early, South looked very shaky against the Dolphins, and it took, you know, they got themselves back into the game and then a, send, then a 10 in the bin um, allowed them to find space on the field. This is where I worry where, you know, this is the week to prove what they've put in place has worked. Like if if Latrell goes missing again, if Isaiah Tass just runs the ball, you know, you know, with an open Johnson outside him, if if the kicking game looks very very lackluster, I just feel like I just feel like this is the game to prove what you've got. I just don't know if South have it. At the moment, I, I think South can win. And at Acor Stadium, Thursday night, you know, it's everything. If, if South is going to beat Penrith this year, this is the time to do it. That's why I'm picking them. But, you know, they're, they're on a bit of a roll, albeit against competition, which, you know, not taking anything away from the Dolphins because we know what the Dolphins have done this year. But in all honesty, they're playing a side. You know, Dolphins are playing a side that gets into the finals deep into the finals more often than not in the past 10 years. So, you know, I think, I think South Sydney need to, they need to look after a few key things in order to, in order to win this match. Mm. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, obviously the, the punters out there know that when they look at the carpool rugby league tipping comp this week, the Rabbitohs are going to be next to my name, but if I'm giving my unbiased opinion, I think that the Panthers should win this game. Um, my concerns for the Rabbitohs, and obviously I'll talk a lot from the point of view of the Rabbitohs because, um, you know, we, we, we were just talking about them then. I've watched them very closely this year. My concerns, one, what Griffo said in a sense that the last two weeks everyone's raving about South Sydney's attack and their ability to put points on. Um, those points came against 12 men. Um, so in effect, if, uh, you're, if you're Panthers this week, uh, watch your discipline, make sure you don't get simbin cause that's when South fire. Um, the other thing to keep in mind too is, uh, South Sydney haven't put together an 80 minute performance this year. No, no. 60 at best. They, they play in halves. And I think the concern is you can play in halves against teams like last week at half time. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not one that. That jumped on. I'm not sure what the odds were. I bet you at halftime last week, a lot of people were jumping on and doing the live betting and taking the um, the odds of the Dolphins when the South Sydney team were behind. There are other games too where South Sydney might that that that, that you could get two different halves out of them. And this is what's concerning. So it comes back to that game it's... that Griffo said earlier. They did it against Penrith. The the scoreline of sixteen ten against Penrith earlier on in the year. South were getting beaten, I think, 16-0 with about 20 minutes to go in that one from memory. Right. It's, I think it's fair to say both these sides probably haven't felt like they've played at their best. I think one of these teams going to go is absolutely going to fire this week. Uh, yeah, I think one of these teams, the, the, the winner the winner of this team this week is going to be the team. I reckon you're not going to – it's not going to be a dodgy game of rugby league this one. I think you're going to see a high-quality game and the winner's actually going to blast out of the blocks this week. Mm. Yeah, interesting. This is um, the time of year to do it. Yeah, 
No, definitely. Um, I think that when I look across the park, I, I think if you're looking for a team that's going to have those big stars play and, and, you know, if it comes down to big game, big plays needed, Penrith have just so many big name players. Um, but the when I look at the, the difference, like, yes, Penrith have those players like uh, Jerome Luai who can pull plays out of, out of anywhere in South Sydney, people say, yeah, but they've got Luttrell and this sort of thing. When you really want someone who you can set your watch to, a structured player who can keep his cool, they don't get any better than Nathan Cleary. And um, I just feel like he thrives on these big games. It's it's going to be an absolute belter. Um, and uh, uh, we haven't really talked about it, Griffo, and I sort of alluded to it there with the with the Simbins. We have seen a lot of Simbins um, this year. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there aren't any Simbins in this game on on Thursday night because I want it to be an um, I want it to be a uh, you know thirteen on thirteen uh, classic. Can you guys help me out here now? I do remember Gavin Badger. Um, was employed by the Tigers at one stage as a consultant. And I had a feeling he's still at the Tigers. I've had a feeling I've, I've I've heard along the, um, how how I put it, the, the, the rumor mill here and there that Gavin Badger's also, uh, been assisting some other clubs. One of those clubs that, um, I heard, and this was probably about a month ago. I heard this and I thought, oh yeah, whatever. One of the clubs was South Sydney. And, Every club has a referee consultant. And do you, know what, do you know what's led me to believe this? And it's also too, and this is where it becomes, where it's very interesting. And I'm only saying this because... The part guy of who pioneered it was it. Bellamy. Bellamy pioneered it. So the Bellamy other... pioneered, actually, Bellamy pioneered it on a full-time basis. The first guy to actually grab a, a referee to consult them was, um, oh, help me out. Uh, dogs, dogs coach. How far back dogs are you going? Oh, three, oh, three, oh, four. Folks, oh, folks, folks actually got a thank you, Steve. Folks actually got a referee in an ex referee to actually show them what certain things they could do, and that's where Brent Sherwin come up with the 20 tap kick for touch. Hmm. So that was something that purely came from a from. But Bellamy basically had a full-time... Mm. He was the first coach, apparently, to have a full-time uh, referee consultant. The reason I bring it up, because I've just basically convinced everyone why South Sydney will lose, and now I'm going to tell them why one of their players is in absolutely stellar form. Um, it all comes around. It's all going to make sense. I'm going to talk about Campbell Graham and just the excellent form he's in. And one of the tries that sparked a little bit of controversy last week was... Um, his try off the kick and a lot of people are saying that there was a, a push in the back which many would argue um, and it's one of those situations I think that comes down to we need to be consistent with it because there was one earlier on in the game that a lot of people will say you know uh, one's given a penalty one's not but what led me to um, link this back to the referee's consultancy was when they showed Campbell Graham on screen after scoring that try and his teammates are asking him what they thought you can see him very clearly and if you look back at the footage he clearly you know mouse and you you, you can't hear it audibly but you can see very clearly with what he says he says 
I have my, I'm fine. I have my eye on the ball the whole time. And there must be something in the NRL rules there and they must be getting tipped off and mm-hmm. saying, as long as you've got your eyes... But it's just little nuances like that, I think, that some of these top clubs are bringing in through the consultancy of the referees to say, look, if you keep your eye on the ball the whole time and you make contact, you're fine. And he knows that rule. And I think that when we come to teams like South Sydney and Penrith even, they're not teams that are um, getting players binned. I mean... The referees will try and bin Penrith players, but if they've got a challenge up their sleeves, they'll be sweet. Um, that was good. What a challenge. That was a cracker. I don't, I could have started a whole hour here on... Imagine if the Panthers didn't have a challenge. That would have been a shit show. Yeah, but, yeah that's fair call. But that's what I'm saying is, these top clubs aren't just only playing well. Their knowledge of the rules are ensuring that they're not the teams that are playing 12 down against 13. Do you see what I mean? And I think that that's why I'm hoping we're going to see a really good close game on the weekend with two teams that really know the game, know the rules really well. After saying all that, um, as you know, I, 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 I hope South win. But to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Penrith uh, to win this in what I hope will be a tight one and just a great display of, uh, of rugby league. And yeah, really, really looking forward to this one, fellas. All right, moving on. We're good for a tangent tonight, aren't we? I think that's that's uh, you know I'm supposed to be the oh. captain steering the ship, but we're getting some good stuff. And um, look, if we're steering the ship, I'm definitely off course with this next one. We're all the way in Darwin. We've got the Eels taking on the Broncos. Uh, who would have thought if I said that we'd have first versus twelfth that the Parramatta Eels would be the team that are trying to fight their way up the ladder against the high flying Brisbane Broncos? Um, in regards to team news in this one, guys, few players um, coming back. We've got Josh Hodgson coming back uh, for the Eels. He missed the game against the Bulldogs last week. Brandon Hands goes back to the bench. McIntyre drops out. Simonson, uh, he's served his suspension. He's going to be on the reserves list this week. Uh, a couple of big ins for the uh, Brisbane Broncos, if you ask me. Thomas Flegler. And uh, Corey Oates, they're back in the 17, which means that Jensen goes back to the bench. Uh, Palacia to the reserves. Jesse Arthur's to 18th man. I think a lot of Brisbane fans would say that he's come in and done a quite a solid job there on the wing. No, he's done um, a very good job. Arthur's. Yeah. yeah. For, the, for the Broncos, a uh, player who's um, you know, set, sort of found a home here at the Broncos and um, getting a bit of first-grade experience. Um, this I think they be... might have extended his contract too, possibly. Well-deserved, well-deserved. Well-deserved, I think, because uh, he's definitely done a, done a great job for them. And not only just, you know, coming into a first grade, but a team that's that's leading the competition, they're, they're really, um, you know, keeping up that form. And this is a team that a lot of people, Griffo, weren't sure whether they'd be in the eight or not. Uh, coming up against Parramatta, they were last year's grand finalists, albeit... We're not expecting as much from them this year. But, um, you know, there's some there's some high flyers in this Broncos side. They've got some points in them. Uh, we talked about earlier Reese Walsh and um, and the impact that he's had. But even, you know, Flegler coming back and joining the likes of Haas, Capewell, Ricky and Carrigan in that forward pack, um, they're just going strength to strength, the Broncos at the moment. It'll be a really tough ask for the Eels um, when technically they're the home team up there in Darwin. Yeah, um, yeah. This is uh, 
This is not your average 1v12 game, obviously. Um, Para had that sort of horror draw early in the season. Um, and they're coming up, you know, again against a, a heavyweight here. Um, they're, they're a big chance, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the Broncos based on what I've seen the first uh, seven rounds. The Broncos really only had the one-off performance. Uh, that was against uh, the Raiders two weeks ago. And they bounced back last week. Um, they were in a bit of trouble in that game, but uh, ended up winning fairly handsomely against the uh, Gold Coast Titans. Uh, Para been playing some really good good football. Uh, they were good on, uh, on Sunday. Um, got out to a, a fair lead, but then uh, looked as though they were going to go on with it. Um, I actually had him as my joker last week. Uh, still came up with a pretty decent win um, over the Bulldogs, who were gallant, uh, the Bulldogs, but just running out of players. Um, and they had injuries in the game as well. So, uh, But Parra, you know, scored a number of tries. Um, not sure about Sean Russell in the centres. Uh, I think he's a good player. Well, he's a good winger. Um, just not sure defensively how you know he's got. He's coming up against either Farmworth or Stags out there. Both dangerous players. Broncos been great form. I'm gonna stick with them, even though I, I do think Para uh, will certainly challenge um, Chain. Yeah, Griffo, I agree. Um... It's going to be an interesting one. I'm not sold on this game yet. I've, I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that the Broncos because I just think they've got the game players. There's one player at the moment, Penasini for Parramatta. Watching him play last week and a few weeks. Yeah, Parramatta rely on certain players to sort of step up and do things, and, and I really feel like they're starting to get there. I think Hodgson was a look. They won last week. They were playing the Dogs for a while there. They looked a bit sketchy, and I think Hodgson is going to be a big in with for them. Can I talk about the chink in the armor? What I think is a chink in the armor for the uh, Broncos at the moment, and that's the tackling of Kurt Capewell. Um, I don't have the statistics in front of me at the moment, but he's 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 missing tackles especially when he's the first one in, in the line, that's so uncharacteristic for him. He's usually, you know, you think you always think he's this guy who's safe as houses. You probably think of him more as a try scorer as well. Um, I think he's struggling. You know, in, a, in a team that's top of the table, if you want to look for someone who's struggling, that could be where the chink in the armour is with Hodgson. If Hodgson can explore that, uh, Sean Lane, Regan Campbell-Gillard, I think Mitchell Moses is starting to get this team clicking. This is going to be a very, very tight game. Um, Jermaine Hopgood on the interchange bench, I think, is a good. Uh, is I think is is someone who can inject themselves. Uh, Marty to power for the Broncos again. Someone who can who can do some things. I think what the difference is for me is that. It just seems to be that they can, the Broncos can make sure their one, six, seven, and nine are there solid. Carrigan at 13. We know 
you know, we've all spoken before how we always feel that that, that 13th uh, player, um, the lock, is just as integral for the uh, for the spine. Uh, Ryan Madison's there for para. I Look, I'm picking the Broncos. I'm with Griffo, but only just. I, I'm actually talking myself out of it as I as I as I as you know, as I keep talking. Gutherson, the way he played last week, the bombs he diffused from uh, the bombs that he diffused last week were just, you know, they brought hail down, and he was still able to catch them. Um, I think this Parramatta side's a side that's starting to warm to the competition. Um, they had a very tough run early. It doesn't get better. When you talk about the Broncos, they've got Para this week in Darwin and then South Sydney next week. Um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see where the Broncos are at. Like I said, I think the Broncos in sort slightly tipped the scales in their favour. I'm not too sure if on kickoff grey it'll be the same for me. Um, I like what I like what Parra did last week, but it was against the Dogs. That's that's my only concern. Yeah, Parra been good. Parra been building over the past few weeks, and I think it's sort of been building to them winning a big game because I suppose a lot of the the story has been that they've. They struggled early on and then won some games against teams that they should have beaten. And they do, they've do they got a good record against the Broncos. I think they've won six of their past seven games against them. But um, I think the tough thing is, I don't know if we've seen a Broncos side this strong for a few years. I think the safe bet if you're a tipster out there is to go with the Broncos. I think they're going to be favourites. I think they deserve to be favourites. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to tip them, but um, yeah, this this is this isn't one of those games where I'd be shocked if Parra win. But I'll I'll go with Brisbane just purely off the, i just yeah. I'm, mm, this is tough because part of my um, discussion tonight was going to be the fact that they they did leak some they they can leak points, and even though they're winning big. It's like they kick late, if that makes sense. Like mm. in a lot of the games where they've won by twenty, with with twenty minutes to go, you you almost feel like, oh, this could be anyone's game. And I just worry that a side like Parramatta might be able to to snag a few points. I'm, yeah, I, that's where I'm at, Gray. I've, yeah. I've got to be honest. That's where I'm at. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm 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 contemplating Parramatta, but I think I'll end up going safe and tipping Brisbane. Um, yeah, but you know if you you're trying to get one up on your tipping comp. Um, Parra's not a bad option this week, I don't think. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll go Brisbane. I'll go Brisbane. Our third game of the round is uh, going to take us to a core stadium. So it'll be the second game in a couple of days at a core stadium. Uh, first game on Saturday will be at 5.30pm. Obviously, we've got some games happening um into the early uh, days of next week. So the Bulldogs vs. Sharks, 5.30pm, a core stadium on Saturday the 22nd of April. Um, for the Bulldogs, uh, Jacob Carraz. I don't know if you guys saw that knee injury. Uh, that was very unlucky for Jacob Carraz. So um, Casey's coming into the side. And Braden Burns also coming back from an ankle injury. 
those two fellas, Casey and Burns, are going to be the wingers. Uh, Avarillo and Davey have been named to play despite suffering injuries against the Eels. I think it was Avarillo's knee and Davey's finger. So you have to keep an eye on that one. Um, not sure if it means much to you guys, fellas, but this week uh, Flanagan's going to be wearing six and Burton seven. Uh, I think that's just a... I don't know if there's a superstition there and a, a bit of a jersey, but, you know, why not? Um, they're both in the halves, but just changing numbers. Um, yeah, and as you'd imagine, uh, the Sharks, they're coming off a win against the Roosters, and they were very strong last week, so uh, you won't imagine there'll be any changes there for those who are keeping score at home. Dale Finucane has a couple more games still to serve. Um, didn't even mention him as a possible... Uh, back row for Origin, but uh, you know he might be a little bit deeper on the list. One to keep an eye on there. Um, Sharks do have a very good recent record against the Bulldogs. I think they've won nine of their past eleven games. Um, the biggest concern I think Griffo for the Bulldogs has been that the Dogs have conceded eighty points in their past two games. And like you said earlier, um, you know there's. There's, there are some players in this competition that are able to, to score a lot of points at will. And one of those is actually um, Mulatalo. He scored seven tries in his past five games. So we're, we're looking at one team that leaks points and another team that's looking like they're starting to score some points. My pick for try scorer of the year too. Ronaldo. Okay. Mm. All right. Oh. Well, he's going all right. Um, I'm tipping Sharks here. Yeah? <laughs> That's Did you surprise. give much thought to that one, mate? <laughs> uh, not really. Um, as I said earlier, the Bulldogs are really struggling uh, in terms of, of injuries. Not struggling in terms of performance. I think they've been they've been quite gallant and they're giving it hundred percent, but they're just falling to pieces uh, in ter- in terms of being. Just constant injuries, um, including some happening at training. Uh, I'm actually considering this as my joker this week, this game. Um, Sharks were very, very good last week, but weren't real good the week before. And and I've noticed this with a a few of the, I guess, teams that were expected to make the eight that the consistency's not really been there for most of them. Um, one week they play awful, and and you know people are sort of writing them off. The next week they come out and they're well beaters, and they're all good again. Uh, well, the Sharks, I, I'm thinking they can go back to back with victories. Um, Nico Hines, we know, is is one of the informed players. Missed a number of weeks due to injury been pretty good since coming back uh that back line's a strong one there's lots of points in that that buck five um conversely the the bulldogs chopping and changing due to injuries uh, jake avarillo played last week who's basically on one leg um mm. I, i've got I think he's still not going to be peak fitness um yeah it's it's sharks and 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 as I said, I'm, I'm considering this as my, my joker for this week, Shane. I agree with you, Griff. The, 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 this, this, it will take 
something to happen tonight and <laughs> we hear about tomorrow morning for this not to be my joker. I thought, you know, I thought that interestingly last week, dogs, there was a point in the game where the game wasn't quite away from them yet. And, you know, Burton was putting up bombs and Gutherson was catching them. But, you know, it's, it's just the... We can talk about the players that are out for the dogs. You know, I, I thought Ockenball was horrendous at times last week. Um, I've never like it. Just, I just, I've got a, I've got a nephew that goes to the dogs. My heart fucking bleeds for him because he was just like I just went this this guy. You know, like there were times where I didn't know whether he either he didn't know what was going on or. He didn't care. I didn't. I don't know what. I don't know what. Like you know, we've seen in we've seen in the real world. He's had that in the past too. But <laughs> it was just that. It was just that. It was just you know. Like I just think that's the dogs at the moment. You've got these players who are trying to set these professional standards. Who are trying, and the coach is trying to do these things. And you know, and then all of a sudden, that type of a performance. It just opens the door for a flurry of, uh, of meters that leads to tries that leads to you lose, and and that's where you now every time you think the dogs are are going okay and they might be starting to build something, you know I noticed he's on the bench this week and I'm like why? Well, yeah, Shane, they, they were playing him as a back rower for yeah. a few weeks, so off oh. off the bench. I know they were, yeah. Yeah, I I. I just think the race is run for him. But anyway, that and that's and I, I don't mean to be to be disrespectful to him personally, but just as an example to to what's happening there at the moment, you know, it's I think the sharks are just becoming this well-oiled machine that 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 have are trying to add dimensions. I don't think they're there yet. Um, if it wasn't for the brilliance of Nico Hines last week. Um, It'd be interesting to see where they would have been. He's an exceptional player. Um, signed a deal that was the most definitely well and truly within his worth. I, I just think that for me, um, you know, I like to see Blake Braley's playing playing good football as well. You know, outside of that, uh, McInnes at lock, he, he's doing some good things as well. Um, I just think it's their back line at the moment that just seem to be doing really good work. Um, just want to give a shout-out, Will Kennedy at the back. Um, there was a few eyebrows raised on what he was going to do, uh, whether he would fit. Um, you know, A lot of people on different forums were, were giving him a bit of stick, but um, it's fair to say I think I think this year, uh, especially in the last few weeks, I think he's been playing some very good football. I thought last week he was very, very solid um, and, and and justified as their fullback. So, um, you know, when you've got a guy like Wade Graham on your bench who's just keeps producing week in, week out, uh, Brett Nakora, uh, Hamming Ueli, I, 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 I just think that they're going to, you know, if the 50 points that was put on him the other week was an issue. I, I think the Sharks might actually do some bigger damage. Sharks are my margin this week. This game is definitely for me. I, I think that the Bulldogs... 
and and you know we talked about previously they have had some injuries they've got some concerns it's not necessarily the team that they want to have there um but i think the sharks are just trying to are just starting to find some really good form they've got some quality players there that can score a lot of points and we know that over the past couple of weeks that the bulldogs do have the potential to leak some points um some individual good players in the the Bulldogs squad, but I think they're really struggling to play as a team, and I just don't see. I, I don't see for the bulk for the Bulldogs this week. I don't see the um, you know, I don't see the quality through their their backs. I think um, yeah, I, I think they're going to struggle for points this week. So um, I'm going the the Sharks, and I I think they're going to win well in this one. So Sharks, you can lock them in, Griffo. They're my uh. Joker and the Thief. Uh, I'm going to lock him in for me too. Yeah, I think so. I think... Yeah, I, I think that it's... um, Yeah, you wouldn't... No one would try and argue the other way unless they're a pretty hardcore Bulldogs fan. Oh, um, 100%. Did, um, did I... I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to think. Um, sorry, guys. I just want to see something with their team list for the dogs. I I wasn't one hundred percent sure. Yeah, I just want to say Braden Burns had a bit of a had a bit of a day out in New South Wales Cup, so a couple of weeks ago. So it'd be interesting to see what what comes of him this week. Playing on the wing. Hmm. Yeah, I I think you know like yeah, it, it, I, I think good luck to him. You know, he's he he did he had a day out a couple of weeks ago, yeah. so. You know, if he if he's got his way back in, playing for a spot, I, I just yeah had some bad luck with injuries. Playing for a spot, good on him. I hope he has a hope he has a belter of a game. Um, and look, he Cowboys gets fans, by a tongue, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for my for my sake, but you know, for his sake, uh, hope he does well. Uh, and the Cowboys fans will be hoping that their team goes well. And we mentioned earlier on that we expected a lot from the Cowboys. We expected them to be the um, best Queensland team this year. They're really struggling down 16th place. Uh, they are at home this week against the Newcastle Knights, who are coming off that heartbreaking. Can I, can I put a question out to both of you without notice, just on on the fly here before we talk about teams? Do it. Are they the disappointment of 23? Yes, so far. They are the team I expected to do very well, and yeah, compared to where I thought they'd be and where are they are, they I the, think so. Are they the disappointment of 23? Currently, yeah, they're, they're yeah. big. They're big, very poor. I, I Which think, says something uh, for the West Tigers, doesn't it? <laughs> we expected them to be there. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I true. mean, was yeah. it? What, but there were people, and I'm trying to remember. I don't know if it was one of you fellas. The people that had the Cowboys at as grand finalists. Some people have them at premier. Some have yeah. them as minor yeah, premiers. Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've, they're not not on here, but. Through the media, there's there's been yeah. a few guys who sort of said Cowboys were their team to, to win the comp. Well, it's not looking that way currently. Yeah. Um, it's that, possible. It's going to be massive. Highly unlikely. Like they've they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, and and these comments are coming from players who have played a lot more first grade games than us. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I think the the answer to what what went well last year and what's not there this year. Is something that only the inner sanctum knows, and um, maybe they don't even know. They're scratching their head and and wondering why what they did last year is not working. But um, look, this week uh, 
the Cowboys, they'll welcome back Cotter into the uh, starting lineup. Uh, he's going to play lock at the absence of uh, Tao Malolo. So um, what were you hearing, Shane, about six weeks? Is that what you were? Well, well, for this type reporting? of injury and you, Gray, it's a clean out, so you know better than me, but what they're basically saying is that these types of clean out, uh, they four weeks best case scenario, the guy his age with um, with what he's had, they're saying uh, six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've also got um, Jordan McLean. Uh, coming back from a hamstring injury. So Jake Granville's going back to the bench. I'm going to mm. sound like an idiot here because I don't have it in front of me. Jake Granville, I think mm. last week, if you guys need to correct me here, did he start a prop? I think there was a stat there did, where yeah. there's, there's, yeah. only a, there's only three or four players, I think, in the history that have ever been named and, play, and started a game at fullback and prop. Um, not many players can do it, and it's quite a quite a difference between fullback and prop. But one of the can other I, players, can I just throw to that, Gray. Can I just throw to that? How did they last go week... last week starting him at prop? <laughs> yeah, that's the coach yeah. no, but, but that's you make a good point because when when they took the field last week, I was talking to some some people, and I said, "Have a look at this, right." So this is this is this is like you know you talk about your side one to seventeen, right? So in the in the in the, in the forward pack you had Cohen Hess number eleven prop, Reese Robson number nine, Jack Granville number four, Jack Gudjegeski eighteen, Nanai twelve, Jason Tumalama thirteen. Sounds like the um, World Cup. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's just like <laughs> what the hell? Like it's like where are they playing now, Graham? Correct me if I'm wrong. Did you, I thought Ruben Cotter played last week, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's just coming yeah, into he the played starting the side. He's coming to the starting side. Yeah, Sorry, I just wanted apologies. to use the welcome back Cotter yeah. line in any way I could. Yeah, of course. The sweat I just looked at it. last week when they ran on the field and I went, what the, what the hell's going on here? When I saw the lineup, it looked like, you know. And is this, a, is this one of those things that we're starting piece? to see where you know, I know I'm going on a tangent here. Well, it's, it's their the cracking. Depth, it's just, it's their the depth crack, yeah, wasn't yeah. maybe as tested as much in certain areas last year. It is this year. I mean, we know that um, the balloon, he's on the sideline still. Um, Griffin Neem, uh, Tamo. We know they lost Leilua to the um, stand-down policy. Yeah. Uh, McLean's only just coming back in. Um, Shibasaki. He's another player who is not in this current squad. So, yeah, very interesting there. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, and it was a bit of a blast from the past, when I saw that um, stat about very few players playing both prop and fullback, one of the players who was on that list was Matt Adamson. And I know, Griffo, you would have remembered him yep. quite fondly for his days at Panthers. But very different uh, in a sense that, um, Adamson was an absolute beast, large man that could play prop. He was, a big he was guy. also yeah. very skillful, and um, yeah, I just thought it was a was an interesting name and a blast from the past because someone who I hadn't thought of in a long time, who was a quality football player for the Panthers, which would have been probably what late nineties. Yeah, um, it was in the Super yeah. League era. He, he yeah. played that time, and obviously after that as well. Um, yeah, I've got a feeling. 
he played at a high level represented not a lot of games but I'm not sure if he represented Australia I, for Super League or I think he did I remember <clears throat> I don't know why I have this feeling that I can remember him playing in the Australian Super League jersey I'll have a look at it I'll look yeah, it I up think he might have. And, he, and he had a, a brother Phil Adamson who was yep. an out and out prop um, but yeah they were they were good Good, uh, played, good guys for Penrith. Played uh, five games for Australia during the Super League years. Five the games, Super League right. team. Uh, he played one game for the New South Wales Super League team. And in t- 2001, he um, he played two games for New South Wales. So that would have been in his last year at the Panthers before he went over to play for Leeds in the UK. And then I think he came back and played one season in 05 for the Raiders. Um Okay. Actually started out, played one game for Parramatta in 91 and then was at the Panthers from 93 to 01. Played 157 there you games go. for them. So there you go. Um, yeah, he was also coaching at one stage, wasn't he? he um, I think he was... Uh, I have a feeling that he was doing a lower grades thing down at the Storm for a while. But anyway, we're, we're, I'm on a massive tangent there. But um, yeah, good player if you're... Into your Panthers, um, and you want to look up. They're into your fullbacks who can also play. play. He's probably the only one that successfully did it. Uh, Back to the team news for the Cowboys Knights game. Kalen Ponga uh, back for his first game since round two. This is also his hundredth NRL match. Not only fellas does he need some form for Origin, he'll be fired up for this one. Um, Tyson Gamble, that means, will go back to the bench. So, obviously, he'd been playing in the halves with Hastings. Uh, Kurt Mann starting at lock. Croker to bench. Jones is out with a quadriceps injury. Um, Jacob Saifidi back from a four-game suspension on the bench. So, uh, they'll be very keen to have uh, Jacob Saifidi back in this side. Probably the biggest name coming back in, obviously, is Kalen Ponga. Um, Cowboys at home... Knights traveling. This is a tough one to pick, isn't it, Griffo? Because you've got you've got a Cowboys team that's given you all sorts of reasons not to tip them. And the Knights have been doing the same thing in patches. But, um, yeah, what do, you, what do you think about this one? Uh, I know it won't be my joker. Um, I've looked in <laughs> sharks. But, um, no, this is a tough one. Like, I just can't seem to get the Cowboys right. Um, last week, I tipped them to win. I thought, you know, with the inclusions of, of um, Cotter and uh, also Drinkwater coming back, mm. but just didn't work for them. They were awful. Um, Newcastle I th- possibly played their best game of the season, even though they, they went down. Uh, certainly in the first half, they were they were very very good. They they made a lot of mistakes in the second half. Um, they get back their superstar this week. You think if they can replicate the effort of last week, add the polish that Ponga brings, that that should be good enough to win. I'm going to tip Newcastle, but not with any great um, confidence simply because it, maybe this is the week the Cowboys bounce back to their best, but I can't trust the Cowboys at the moment. Um, 
while yes, they've got a number of players out, it's still a pretty good side. You look at on paper there, particularly one through to thirteen. Um, if new, as I said, if Newcastle can just produce the sort of uh, enthusiasm and and uh, just basically giving it a hundred percent, and they should win. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to tip him, Shane. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 my biggest problem with the with the Cowboys is at the moment is they're second in the league at giving away penalties, so they're happy to walk teams down the field. They're also last week their missed tackle count was in the thirties somewhere, whereas, um, so. Not only do they concede penalties, but they're also actually giving away. They're also missing tackles when they do. I, I think with the inclusion of, well, I think with the inclusion of Ponga in the in the in the Newcastle side, I think that that's something which will spark them again. They lost last week, but a part of me says inside. The coaching staff's going to talk about how much they won, that they took a side like Penrith all the way to Golden Point. Didn't get it's the dangerous. two points, but that's building confidence within yourself. You add Ponga to this side, I think Bradman Best is someone who they need to start looking at injecting into the game. I think I think when I look at this, when I look at this game. There's a part of me that says the only reason people will pick the Cowboys is it's at home. Yep. And they have to, they're due for a win. You know, if, if you want to play numbers game, they're at home, they're due for a win, you pick the Cowboys. I think, I think, I think the Cowboys as, as a whole have been very lackluster. They've lacked meters and their key meter eater is not there. So that tells me who in this side is now going to step up and, and, and grab another 150 metres when when um, S S Jacob Saifidi's playing, um, he's back. I, I, think, I think Jackson Hastings has been playing some good football. Kalen Ponga there at 5'8". Gagai, Bradman, Best in the centres has been doing some good things. I think Crossland in a, in a hooker has been solid. Um, I've got the I've got Newcastle. I, I just think that I can't, you know, like there's a guy in the interchange bench, number 15, who was named number four, who was your prop. Like this is a team... Who I think are just it's it's like it's like they had the puzzle three quarters made and the kid and some kids come along and tipped half of the puzzle, you know, it's disrupted half the puzzle again. They're, they're, and now they're looking for pieces and they can't find the corners and they can't find the edges and they're looking for that they're, they're in a bit of disarray. Whereas I think I think Newcastle with all their faults and, and look, they're not a they're not a 
they're not a perfect football side by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, they they did beat the Warriors the week before though, uh, 34-24. I thought which I thought was a good outing. They then got um, they then got a draw against the Seagulls, which I, I think many people would have picked the Seagulls to win well in that game. They beat the Raiders before that, which you know that's the Raiders read into that what you will. And then they lost 20-36 against the Dolphins. They're, they're in a bit of form, the, the Knights. And I just think that carrying that through against a team who isn't in a lot of form at the moment counts for something. I've got Newcastle. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I'm almost going to jump into that... Um that category that you mentioned before where I, I, I don't know. It's 50-50 pick the home side. Yeah, it's almost like that. And do you know what I feel like? I'm just I'm just going back through and, and having a look. I feel like Newcastle have played a lot of home games this year. Um, they probably they have. have. They have. They've yeah, played a lot of games. To do home. with the uh, Women's Football World Cup. Where yeah. Uh, the venue will be out of, or you know, will not be available to the NRL for for a number of weeks. That's why it's uh, sort of front loaded with their home games. Yeah, and they've got a run coming up over the next couple of weeks, so they play away from home. I mean, obviously, um, you know, last week they were at home. There was that that game against the Panthers. Um, I got. I, I don't have a good reason as to why, but I'll, I'm going to stick with the Cowboys in this one. Um, be there it's, a week. It's, uh, it's 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 tough because I look at the Cowboys last week, and I was watching it and I was thinking they have nothing in attack. They're they're one dimensional. They need more variety. Their defense has gaps in it. It's yeah. I just I don't know. I just I just don't see the Knights being a team that can put together a few good performances back to back, and I, yeah, I'm I'm tipping the Cowboys, but gee, it's 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 going to be a tough one. It's it's, it's going to be more of a case of, you know, the Cowboys at home. Hopefully, this week at training, you'd think for the Cowboys would be that week where they say our season turns around this week. It has to be this week for the Cowboys, and I'm almost going to say with the fact that they play the Sharks next week. Um, and then the Roosters the week after, they've got a really tough couple of weeks. I think they've got to put a big circle around this game and say, we're at home, we need to win this if we're going to be any chance of the finals. And I hope that's motivation enough. And I will tip the Cowboys as a result. With and Graham, don't they, have, um, don't they have a bit of a... I think the Cowboys, they may have already played it. But I thought they had a bit of a run on the road too coming up. So they play they play away to the Sharks. I could be wrong here. No, they do. They play away to the Sharks yeah. and away to the Roosters. So they got a they got a bit of a run on the road as well. Then they, they play have... the Dragons at home. And then two and, away. Um, and, then, then and then West Tigers away. They're playing three of their next four games. Um, in Sydney, effectively. So uh, that's what it, this week's massive. And then they've got that. I know we're looking fair ahead there, but after that little run you talk about, when they are back on the ro- uh, back at home, they play the Storm, 
have a buy, but then they've got Penrith, South. Like having in, in four weeks having, or in five weeks having Parramatta, Storm, Penrith, South. Actually, Graham, just, got, to, just to, yeah, they're, just they're, to put it really to you, they start playing some games. Just to just to give it to you, Gray. I, I I knew they had a run. I knew they had a run away, and and here it is. They've got the they've got the Knights at home this week. They've then got the Sharks away. Yep. They've then got um. They've then got the Roosters away. Their next game's at home against the sort against of away because that's Magic Round. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but it's not many not in the Townsville. middle. Yeah. Right. Well, there are many they're, in the middle. Actually, do you know what? Yeah. Um, I'll. No, yeah, no, no. I'll say it. Brisbane's closer to Sydney than Townsville. Well, they've so got. They've might got, as well be a Roosters home game. Yeah, they've got. They've got the the Cowboy. They've got the um. They've got the Dragons at home. Then they've got the Tigers away. They've then I think got the Eels. They've got the Eels away. They've then got the they've then got they've then got the storm at home. They've got they've like within that six week period. I know Magic Rounds in one of them. They've then got their buy within that six week period. They've got two home games. Yeah, it's this, tough. That's, that's what why I mean. this, they've got to make this, this home game huge. this week is massive. If they to, come away, be circling if, it. If they come away out of this, um, without points, they're I'll. I'll say it now. I'm putting Put a line through their season. It's done. done. They can't make the eight. I, I, I think I'll put eight. a line through them. Yeah, I, I definitely put a line through them. Well, because that, that's a hell of a run to come, thank you. To come thank back from. Thank you for helping me justify my tip because I had none of that information no, because when I... The other thing, <laughs> the other thing we talk about, the Knights... Just, I just had to the Knights, team and I was less likely to think. But... Yeah. For the Knights, if the Knights can jag a win this week, they've got Para next week, then the bye. So they're go not, away. They're, they're and one point out there. Yeah. Para, the Knights are ahead of Para and they're one point behind South, Cronulla, Storm, Dolphins, Roosters, Titans. Yeah, and they so haven't had their bye yet either. Yeah, that's that, that, that's in, That inflates things or deflates they, things. They've got the same win loss record as the Sharks. Yep. Plus a buy. Anyway. Um, Cowboys. Uh, the next game will be another game involving uh, Queensland teams. Both of them Queensland teams here. The Dolphins at home at Suncorp Stadium uh, against the Titans. I suppose we could call this a... Um, they like to call them derbies these days. The Queensland derby, the southeast Queensland uh, clash between the Dolphins and the Titans. Uh, for the Dolphins, Kafusi is back after his four-game suspension. Uh, he'll come into the side for Kenny Bromwich. He got a one-game ban for the dangerous contact on Tane Milne last week when they played against the Rabbitohs. Um, Jared Wallace back. He missed out in last week's game against South. Uh, with a concussion. So the football player with the author's name, JJ Collins, will shift to 18th man. Um, for the Titans, another player who likes to be known by their initials, AJ Brimson, has been listed amongst the re- reserves. Uh, very interesting to keep an eye on him. He's wearing jersey number 21 this week. Um, so he's on the way back through from a hamstring injury. 
Probably won't play this week, but keep an eye on him. Uh, hopefully for Titans fans, he's not too far away. JJ Fafita's back from a knee injury on the wing, so Phil Semi goes back to the centres, and the Shoop Dog will drop out. A um, couple of new faces on the interchange bench. Um, Thomas Michelet playing his first game for the club, and um, Haas making his first appearance for 2023. Um Joe Vuna and um, young Isaac Fasua Malawi, the two players to make way. Um, the NRL gift that keeps on giving, Griffo, are the Redcliffe Dolphins, or just the Dolphins. We like to call them Redcliffe on here because we know um, who they are and where they're from. Um, come up against the Gold Coast Titans this week. Dolphins are... a a hard one to pick, Griffo, because I feel as though every week on the podcast we tell the listeners why they're going to lose, and then every week we tell them that they won last week. Uh, yes, uh, this has happened somewhat regularly. Um, they're they're a chance. So I think they're actually might be favourites according to the the betting people. Um, but I'm going for the uh, Gold Coast Titans this week. Um, I thought uh, the Titans were good for certainly most of the first half. Uh, Broncos got some sort of got a number of uh, opportunist tries and and ended up putting a bit of a score on. Um, but uh, the the Dolphins are not quite at the Broncos standard. Um, I think uh, it's a good matchup. Um, but I just think the, the Titans, I, I do rate them. Um, the, with the likes of Big Tino, David Fafita has been in good form this year. Um, Sami's been really good in the box. Jaden Campbell's done some really good things. I'm just going to stick with the Titans. I've I've backed them a few times, uh, and in some cases they've got up, and sometimes they've let me down. But um, Dolphins are strengthened, obviously, as you said, with Felice Kafusi back. It's a pretty good forward pack. Uh, they they do lose, of course, Kenny Bromwich um, for a, a silly thing that he did last week. Uh, got one week suspension. Um, I'm I'm sticking Titans, uh, the Gold Coast. They haven't really garnered the support that the the Dolphins, massive supporter base. I know they they used to be Redcliffe, but um, they got uh, massive. They're going to dominate. It's their home game, but it's almost as far long um, Suncorp as is you know not that much it's sort of almost halfway between Redcliffe and the Gold Coast uh Redcliffe a little bit to the the north of uh, the main part of Brisbane uh, and on the coast um but I'm, I'm sure there'll be a much bigger fan base for the the red and whatever that other color is um sort of a yellowy <laughs> I don't know what officially means. Yeah, creamy. I don't know. It's something you know. If you've had too many drinks one night, and you know, just you might see that color. Um, 
But anyway, uh, they're a good team, but I'm going to go with Titans, Shane. Yeah, I, I, Griffo, I, I'm with you, mate. I, I, I'm loving. I love the Titans. I love their Ford pack actually. But I, I look at this game, and and I, I this is a, this is a classic one to look at matchups. I think I think for me, the matchups here just seem to play into the hands a little bit of of the Titans. I know, I know the Hammer's been playing well. Um, but I just think Jaden Campbell, it'll be a great game for him to fire. Um, Brian Kelly on you and Aiken, that's another um, great matchup to see. Um, uh, four and Nikarima, Tanner Boyd, Katoa. Look, can I just can I just talk about Big Tino? He's a guy who just keeps working, and and he and he has become the heart and soul of this Titans uh, pack. I think he, he he leads by example. He does everything he needs. He needs he needs someone like David Fafita, who's been playing some good football, to do what to 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 run on the fringes, to to capitalize on the meters that he makes. I'm going to give a shout out. I'm going to give a, a challenge to one guy, and he's not going to care because because he's playing rugby league, and, and I'm here on this podcast. But Isaac Liu, I really think that if this guy can can light it up in the lock position, I'm someone I know. Big Tino is a is 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 a big player, imposing, great bookend. I I sometimes think that the work he does uh, it'd be great. It'd be it'd be interesting to see what he would do in this position. But I think if Isaac Liu, who has come from quality stock, he, he you know playing at the Roosters. I think if he can start to step up and do a bit of ball playing, do the kind of things that allow certain players um, to 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 do what they need to do, I think that the I think you're going to see that the the Titans will start to 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 do what we thought they always could do, which is win games and win them fairly well. Um, their bench looks good. I, I, I like the look of their bench. Um, I really, I think, um, look, AJ Brimson on the reserves there. I, I, I think, you know, if, if he can get a, if he can get a run up in that top, in that top side, we'll, you know, um, we'll wait and see what happens with that. The Dolphins have exceeded expectations in every way, shape, or form this year. I think it's been on the back of of people like the hammer. I think Jermaine Asako, um, I, you know, like I said on a podcast many years ago, um, you know, um, when my daughter and I were watching Opal Hunters and they'd crack open the rock, you know, it's like Jermaine Asako, what have we got this week, you know? Uh, is it rocks or diamonds? Is it the Opal or is it the rock? But um, yeah, I, to be fair to him, he's played some good football. I think you and Aiken has done some, some great things under under Wayne Bennett. Um, I just think that last week we saw what happens when someone, when a team not only applies the blowtorch, but when when certain key players are off the field. And one for me is uh, Kenny Bromwich for them. I think Kenny Bromwich is a massive out. Um, he tightens up that whole that whole middle area. Not only does he do that, he runs. He runs the ball hard. He's a bookend that tightens up the middle. You know, it's just 
the work he does is just huge. There's no one in this side and there's no reserve that can replace the work that he does. I've got the Titans in this one. I, I'm warming to the Titans and what they're doing. I, I, I think they're building... I think they're building a solid football team. They just need their forwards to do what they can do. They need their forwards to fire. If their forwards start to fire and play the kind of football we know they can, they'll be one of the premier forward packs of this competition. If they decide to play half-ass football and rest on their laurels a little bit, well, then we're going to get the Titans that we get every year. It's, it's really up to them. Because they're going to be playing a forward pack, which which is going to be consistent. It's going to be honest. I think Marshall King's also. I think Marshall King's been playing some fantastic football of late. Um, his work out of dummy half has been phenomenal. I've got the Titans in a very very close one. Graham, I'm going to go Dolphins. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay. not. I'm not. <laughs> disagreeing with any of your insights or analysis at all and I would not be surprised if the Titans win but a couple of points here one every week I tip the team playing the Dolphins and the Dolphins end up winning so I'm going to try tipping the Dolphins for a change and see how that goes for me Uh, the other thing too for the Dolphins I mean I know Bromwich is out he's a he's he's a loss um Wallace coming back, I think, is going to negate that a little bit. And I, I, I don't think that they're... Um, I, I don't mind their bench. I think Mark Nichols coming off the bench will be interesting to see if he starts this week or comes off the bench. I know sometimes they've done the, the switcheroo with SASA. Um, but the other, the other player that I was very sceptical about uh, in this side who had some some good moments uh, over the past couple of weeks is Cody Nikarima. I was very concerned about how he would pair with mm-hmm. uh, young Katara in the halves. Um, if he can put together an 80-minute performance, I think he's going to be one of the keys to this side. He's, his kicking game and just his way that he, he manages the game. There were parts of that game last week against South Sydney where he, he looked like one of the better well, he was almost one of the best halves on the field zone for a short period of time, but um, his kicking game, uh, the way he he chose his target and he, he went to it and also to uh, kept his cool. There were some obvious down points there where he made some mistakes, but um, I, I'll be, I'll, I'm, I'm going to stick with them. I think they've got a bit of strike power too. I love what the Hammer's doing at the moment. I think last week was the only week he hasn't scored um, and they've got... Some some strong centres there and uh, and some big bodies in Aiken and Lee. So I I, th- I think off the back of a, a a big performance by the forwards, I think it's going to be a great forward battle. I, I'm really looking forward to yeah. You know I I love Tom Gilbert, yeah. um and and the other player who I think has been super dynamic for the Dolphins, uh, Marshall King. We saw last yeah, week when yeah, they needed yeah. points. He just goes, I'm just going to do it. He's myself. worked out dummy half. It's been great. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon he's been good. So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna do something uncharacteristic. Graham, can mine. I, I'm can I tell you this week? Can I actually, like, I, you, you know, I love your work. But can, yes, can I tell you why you're going to be wrong? Why is that? Because the Titans are on. They've lost one, lost one, lost. 
The next one, the sequence is they're going to win, mate. Ah, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh. Tip goalpost. Crack the code. <laughs> no, that's to crack the code, mate. You see, the matrix is there. You can see it. True. Look, I, I think the Dolphins have a good record against the Titans. They've never lost to them. They've never no, lost to the Titans, no. so that's enough for me. But that's um, I, I, I do also think... They've both lost to the Dragons, if that says anything. <laughs> I don't want to knock the Dolphins, because I know they've had some good wins against teams like... Nah, it's been good. They've been, they've been a surprise packet of this competition, yeah. to be fair. To be I, fair, I it's, be... Been, it's, been, it's been refreshing to watch. I will be honest with you, though. Um, mm-hmm. Please do. I yeah, hate they had... Why. I don't think they've had probably look the only big scout they've got is the Roosters. When we talk about teams they've beaten in the Raiders, the Knights, the Dragons, and the Cowboys, we're not necessarily talking about the who's who of the no. league. They went down no. to South and Brisbane, who we'd expect to beat them. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they've been tested to the point. I mean, I. I I do worry in a few weeks when they come up against the likes of the Sharks and the, the Storm, but I'm going to stick with them. I'll go to the Dolphins this week. Why not? Fine. All right. Uh, moving on to our next game of the round. Now, this game is going to take us to Campbelltown on Sunday, um, 4.05 p.m., so the... Match of the day, technically, for those who follow the coverage that's going to be on free-to-air as well as uh, Foxtel and KO West Tigers at home to the Manly Seagulls. Uh, for this game, we have Dewayhi, we know, out for the season, season. with his ACL <laughs> injury. Um, Wakeham's going to play 5-8. Uh, there's a big shuffle in the back line. Um, Buller's going to make his... Debut at fullback. Now, this young bloke playing fullback, I don't know a lot about him, but apparently um, he, he's an up-and-comer. He's one to keep an eye on. He wasn't actually in the um, the the Tigers. Is it still top 30 or top 25? What's the... Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, they've they've had to basically sign him to a... To a um, uh, a different contract, like a, a first grade contract in effect, a contract that would allow him to play. Um, so it'd be interesting to see here. He, he He's um, got a lot of big raps on him. Uh, I know um, Brent Naden, that was the name I was thinking of. He was talking about him on TV. Um, he's a 21-year-old from New Zealand. Um and um, yeah, we we apparently he's quite dynamic, quite skillful, and um, definitely one to look out for in the future. So I know a lot of eyes will be on him this week. Uh, that means Staines is going to go to the wing, um, Kapoa to the centres. That's to replace Naden, who's out with that collarbone injury. Um, Tommy Talao back on the bench after his facial injury. Um, Dane Laurie also there. He hasn't played since round four. Um, Bloor and Sim can drop out. Nofaluma in the reserves. Uh, he's coming back from a foot injury, so uh, he shouldn't be too far away given the fact that he's in that extended squad. Um, big in for the Seagulls. I mean, they've been in uh, some good form last week, and that was all without Josh Schuster. He's coming back. He missed three games with a quad injury. Um, 
Ruben Garrick also coming back into this side. So when you look at that, um, you know, there are a couple of big names to come back into this side who, I'm, I'm going to say it, they're the team that have just snuck up the ladder. Um, the, the Seagulls now sitting in fourth position, Shano, on nine points. Um, mm. Three wins, a draw, two losses, and a bye. They're coming Actually, up against the West Tigers, mm. who have really been the easy beats of the competition this oh, year and a lot in the butt of most people's jokes. Look, you know, uh, most definitely. And, 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 you know, look, the biggest name in the Seagulls, and we, we, we mentioned him last year, Gordon Chan Kum Tong. He's, he's, he's back in the side as well. So he we, we mentioned him last year. But um I think when I when I look at this side, it's chalk and cheese. Um there's there's very little I can say for the West Tigers that would that would allow me to think that they're gonna win this match other than the fact that every loss is closer to your next win. Um the ins for 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 the Seagulls, uh, Ruben Garrick is massive. Uh, that basically means they've got Trebojevic, Saar, Parker, Harper, Garrick, Schuster, Cherry Evans. Um, some quality there. It's some absolute quality. And and their, their forward pack to boot. Um, I, I like the look at their... Yeah, I like the look at their 1 to, one to 13. Um Aaron Woods probably had an interesting um, introduction to 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 the to the Seagulls last week. He's a little rocks and diamonds, but they got the chockies. They got the chockies, and um, yeah, I look. I don't know what more I can say that's actually going to be of any value other than the the West Tigers will not win this game. You can't tip them. Um, I can't tip them. I'm at the point now where if Luke Brooks doesn't come up with something decent, I think he needs to be dropped. I know there's a lot of fans calling for it. I thought that was a bit rough. But, yeah, I think that's the way it is. What are your thoughts, Griffo? Are you going to tip the West Tigers in this one, mate? I think we've lost him there, Shana. So I might just uh, look. I, I won't add too much there. Obviously, the um, Tigers haven't been in great form. Seagulls last week. I think uh, a lot of people were really impressed with that performance. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. With you, I didn't think that they'd be able to beat the Storm. Seagulls have been a bit up and down. And I think that was the win that uh, mainly needed for people to take them seriously. But I don't think yeah. they need too much no. uh, for this one. I think. Uh, Manly win this one. This could also be a lot of people's contender for the margin of the week. I don't, yeah, yeah, but I don't think it's as um, juicy as the other game. Okay, so our next game of the the week, we're going to move on then to our traditional uh, Anzac Day clash. Now, this clash, it's it's a big one, isn't it? And and keep this in mind, fellas, when Huge. you do your tip. Um, Tuesday. It's not just your regular Roosters Dragons game, but uh, Tuesday the twenty fifth of April, four oh five p.m. We know the Dragons live for this one. We know it's a big game, and um, look, you you also know that the the Roosters are 
Taking it seriously, um, Shane mentioned it earlier on in the tip bits that Walker is not in the 17. He's in the reserves. So the halves are going to be Manu and uh, Kiri. That's that, the way it'll stay. Yeah. I, I, I can't see that changing. No. Why, why do it if you're not going to pull the trigger? So um, Momorowski in the centers. As we also mentioned earlier on the podcast, Crichton's making his comeback. Um, he's coming in pretty much for Butcher, who is suspended. Tupanua, first game since round 18 last year after his ACL injury. Um, The other thing, too, you talk about the reserves list. Nathan Brown, number 19. Uh, Players will know him as the former Eel um, and also Rabideau very early on in his career. He's uh, on the reserves list for the uh, Roosters. Uh, for the Dragons, just one change to the starting side. Um, Murdoch Masilla back after playing New South Wales Cup last week. Uh, Sewer is going to make way for him. Um, look, we say it every year with this clash, Griffo. Um, that there's something special about that Anzac clash with the Roosters and the Dragons, isn't there? There is. Um, and uh, sometimes... It's the only thing that sort of keeps the dragons uh, <laughs> in it, but um, they've they've actually got a decent record, um, and given the the relative strength of the roosters over the last decade, um, yeah, the dragons have probably had more wins at this game than you, you might have thought. Um, if if it wasn't the Anzac Day game, I would have thought the Roosters by a lot. Um, they still might it might pan out that way, and and, and I, I think they're they're strong favourites here, even though they've been in awful form in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the coach has has taken action uh, to to get his team uh, playing better. Uh, we see guys coming into the team. The form of Crichton, Tupanua on the bench. Uh, the big change, obviously, dropping of Sam Walker. And Manu gets his opportunity in the halves at number six. I think uh, he'll he'll be strong. Uh, Momorowski, I don't know if he's played this year uh, or not. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's going to part uh, Suali'i in the centres. I don't know if it's the right term, actually, because in in the old days, the centres were partners. They played next to each other. Mm. Um, that's some time ago, but uh, it's everything for me points to a, a Roosters win, uh, and uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a big crowd um, Tuesday. Yeah. Dragons will be a chance only because of the fact that it is uh, the Anzac Day clash and, and they, they do rise for it. Um, they they were a bit disappointed. Uh, well, the, last week uh, they were in a position to probably win that game, but uh, just it, it, they did. Um, anyway, Roosters is uh, is the only team for me this week, Shane. Yeah, I agree, Drew. Um, I've gotten the Roosters. I just think across the park, they're, they're, 
what they've got across the park just far outweighs uh, anything that the Dragons have got. I um, I've yeah, I, I'm with you in that. The amount of times I haven't picked the Dragons on Anzac Day and they come through and win uh, is, is, is fairly uncanny. I thought last week, well, let's start with the Roosters to begin with. The Roosters are just outside the eight. They've had their bye. Um, their, their position on the ladder's inflated by the fact that they've had that. They're minus 22, I think, from memory. Um, that's that's uncharacteristic for where the Roosters normally are this time of year. Even though they peak, they tend to peak later throughout the season, you tend to find that they wouldn't be minus for and against. They're there or thereabouts. They've had to do a shake-up. That key shake-up is, is that uh, Walker's not in the side. We talked about that earlier. And you have um, you have Manu in at 5-8. That's going to be really interesting because... Um, whilst we know the kicking game of Kiri and Walker, we don't know what Manu is going to do. So if it means that Kiri is going to be doing all the kicking, well then, it you know you you don't need to be a rocket scientist to say who to ta- who to target on the fifth. So that's going to be interesting as well. Um, I've thought out I've I've thought out wide on certain occasions. The the Roosters have been found wanting they play a very compressed defense so if a team can spread the ball then you have a chance the biggest problem with the dragons is they're just they're struggling at the moment for a lot of things and you know poor jack bird last week you know he, he was you know he was getting frustrated by the fact that he you know people just weren't taking care of the little things um, the Jack de Bell, now a classic one was the Jack de Bell, where he lifted a leg for the penalty, in you know where where um, guy landed on his head. Sure, as soon as his leg was lifted, he milked the penalty. But it's like, don't come in and lift the leg. The guy's held. I think there's a lot of. Um, I got a gut feeling. No, I don't have a gut feeling. I'm going to just say it as a fact. The biggest problem with the Dragons is this. When you talk about them playing for the coach, I don't know if they are. When you're talking about playing for the club, well, you're talking about a club where only three people came to their end of year do. And I haven't seen any great things happening at the Dragons, which which improves that. You know, the Dragons are so close. You know, they've got some good players. They do some good things, but then... The fact that they don't care causes them to do the most stupid, innocuous, dumb things, which give away penalties, which put them on the back foot, which which put the opposition straight onto their doorstep to concede tries. Uh, look, I think, uh, look, I'm picking the Roosters, but, you know, this might be one year where unless the Dragons want to actually play, and turn up for themselves. This, this is not going to be my margin. It, it, I was thinking about it, but it could be a cricket score. My biggest, my biggest concern is um, if Joseph Manu decides not to kick and Luke Curry's the key kicker, well, a lot of pressure is going to come his way, which might gift 
uh, which might give Tyrell Sloan some cheap, easy ball and some good areas, Gray. Yeah, I mean, like you guys said, basically across it, the, I think in a nutshell this game, the Dragons lift, so be wary of the Dragons on Anzac Day, but um, given... Given the Roosters and what they're capable of, I think they're the they're the team to, to tip in this one. Um, very interesting to see. I actually um, I'm very very curious to see Joey Manu get his hands on the ball a lot more. I'm very interested to see how that all pans out for them. So um, definitely plenty of reasons to watch on the weekend. And uh, for me, this will be a Roosters victory. <laughs> All right, the final game of the weekend has become um, yet another traditional game over the past few years. Uh, uh, I suppose an annual clash is one to one way to describe it rather than a, a long-standing tra- traditional clash. It's probably one of those ones that um, for the past um, you know, five or so years has been uh, on the calendar on Anzac Day with uh, an Australian team taking on a team from New Zealand with I the think, Anzac Spirit Alive. I think it's alive. turned into a tradition. I think it's fair to say that these yep. two playing tradition now. Yep, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Storm evening. taking on the Warriors, uh, 7 p.m. on Tuesday, the 25th of April. Um, Nick Meany back for the Storm. Uh, he wasn't there in round seven. He had concussion symptoms. We would remember last week that Cameron Munster played fullback. So what that means is with Meany coming back in, Munster's going to go back into the halves. Uh, Pezzett's going to go back to the reserve, so he shouldn't feature this week. Um, all things um, going well for the Storm. Um, Big Nelson, a Sofa Salomona, named to return from a knee injury. Um, he'll come in for Kamakamika, who is suspended. Um, Murata Niakore's return from a two-game suspension will push Curran to the bench. Um, Wade Egan also cleared for concussion protocols, but the Warriors have actually chosen not to play him this week. Uh, last week, believe it or not, the team that come off a loss was the Storm, and the team that come off a win was the Warriors, Griffo. But um, back in Melbourne, the Storm at home, this is going to be a very different task for the Warriors. Um, tough ass to, to go to Melbourne and come away with two points. No, they don't often do it. Um, no, I'm going to tip Melbourne here. I, I know they were they were disappointing last week, but uh, they do have a few ends. Um, big Nelson is back. Uh, they're going to make a big difference to this team. And as you mentioned, Dick Meany comes back. Um, Monster played fullback last week and probably wasn't as effective as as uh, he has been at six. Um, so they're, they're getting closer to their best team now, the Storm. There's still a few guys missing, but um, yeah, they're, they're getting closer. And they, apart from before last week, they, they were going quite well. So the Warriors having their, as I mentioned earlier, their best season for for quite some years. Um in the top four at the moment and have been for a few weeks. Uh, they're, they're certainly going to give themselves a chance this week. They've got a few 
back as well with Murata Ducore um, comes back from suspension. Um, he's a good player. I think Power have missed him and, uh, and he's been a good gain for the Warriors. We talked earlier also about the form of, of Sean's nickel, or, or Nick Clockle Sharnstadt, uh, as, as I like to refer to him. Um, he's been great. Dylan Walker's been very good. Johnson and the uh, the outside backs have, have been strong. Um, some of those guys sometimes have a bit of mistake in them, but uh, they've, they've been pretty solid. Um, but I don't think they're going to get the job done in Melbourne. I'm not writing them off, uh, but I just think the storm with the likes of Monster, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, I just think they'll, uh, they'll be a bit too good for the Warriors. Plato. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think the storm's going to win this one. I, you know. Only because I think the Storm, they, you know, they're not going to play like they did last week. You can imagine what their week of training would have been like. Uh, Bellamy would have sorted that out. It's it's interesting. I think, I think for me, I don't have enough faith in the Warriors' ball handling and ability not to miss tackles to pick them. Um, you know, I think when we, what we saw out of the storm last week against the against Manly, um, there were some uncharacteristic things they did. They were pressured into some of those. Some of those were just unforced. When I look at the Warriors, I think that this is the massive test. This is what the Warriors will be saying to themselves this week. This is the test. We want to see where we're at. We're going to play this week, and 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 we're going to see what we're going to do. I just think the class of Melbourne, the ability to bounce back, the team that they are, is going to ensure that they win this game. I don't think this is going to be a runaway game by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think that the Storm will, will be too strong, Graham. Yeah, I like the Storm in this one. Um, I think most people will. It's very hard to go past the... The likes of the Melbourne Storm, but um, you know the Warriors. The, the people are starting to take notice of them, which is um, which is good to see. They're, I mean, they're third on the table. I, I know that that might feel a bit inflated given the fact that it's early on in the season, but with a record of five and two, um, the only team that's actually won more games than the Warriors is the Brisbane Broncos, and um, you know some might say that. It depends on who you play. You can only beat whoever's in front of you. Uh, but how it, this week, the team in front of them, very difficult. Um, especially with, you know, I mean, Nick Meany coming back in. That, that back line there is a lot more settled to what we were used to in the earlier parts of the season. Um, don't forget too, guys, that you've got, you know, the likes of Harry Grant always uh, floating around this side. I'd... I know we talk about him on this podcast and how wonderful he is, but you really can't um, talk too much about his importance. The other player wasn't really mentioned in anything post-game. Don't know if you guys heard anything, but obviously we keep a, a close eye on him. Um, Tom Eisenhuth went off last week with an injury. 
Um, he's had a bad luck, bad run with injuries. Hoping it's nothing too serious. He's named there on the interchange bench this week, so hoping that uh, Tom Eisen, who's fit to play mm. this week, I like the Storm. I think they're going to win. Yeah. Um, I really do, um, and I, but I hope the Warriors really take it Graham, to them. But you got to just to just time. to just to show the importance of this game to both sides. The Storm have a bye next week. And then play South Sydney the week after. So a win here, four mm. points, looking at their position on the ladder, uh, running into South Sydney and fresh for South Sydney game. Well, that's really important. And a, and a win would, would more or less sort of springboard that. A win for the Warriors has them seeing the Roosters next week. And 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 look, the Roosters haven't been in, in any... They got Great. a tough run. The Warriors coming up. The Warrior, and then they got Panthers. So yeah. the Warriors might be looking at the Storm this week, going, you know what? If we can consolidate some momentum, if we can grab those two points in a tough game, it's then it, it's then up to it's then our the next two games after that's our destiny mm. with uh, Roosters Panthers, um, and then they've got the Dogs. So they've got it. They've got this small tough run. If they can jag a win or two, then got then then jump on then jump on the dogs. Um, it's you know that that it's 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 the dogs then buy for them for them it's three tough weeks dogs buy. Oh, it's and it's it's you know then they've got the Broncos. It's you know if they can get this win this week. This will be massive for them in the context of their season. Definitely, yeah. No, big game. I think it's a big game for both of them. So, and and when you know you're looking to bring the best out of your teams, um, you you know you're you're looking at um the storm being the team you feel like most likely to to turn it on when needed. All right, fellas. Well, that'll just about do us for this week. A uh, pretty comprehensive coverage of uh, everything going on and some big games coming up this week. We've got Anzac Day, which is uh, always a big. Um, holiday on the Australian calendar as well as the NRL calendar. So obviously, um, we'll be looking to um, remember those who have um, who have served this week and celebrate uh, through uh, rugby league and um, hopefully a win for your team. But uh, as always, we'd like to thank you for joining us. Um, we appreciate you guys sticking with us all the way, and um, we look forward to. Having you listening again next week. Most definitely Absolutely. to commemorate uh, this week and to thank those who have served. Um, thank you. And thank you, everyone. See you next week. Yeah. All right. Just for the record, I'm going to tip the Sea Eagles. I think I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, surprise, I think we lost you, mate. <laughs>